0: This episode brought to you by the following patrons Turning Bones, Wes Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Domasaurus, the number Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Jonathan, Mandy, Scott, Kate. Isaac, Caroon, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror version community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group and or Discord servers. Yay! Where we hang out and chat daily. Yeah, Mikey loves them. Actually, Mikey, you have been more active in the Discord recently.
1: I've done my best. Yeah. Which isn't great, but...
0: It's honestly, it's pretty terrible. Paige, did you see the uh, the stories that Mikey and I posted where we showed our feet while we were watching Candyman?
2: I, I did. Are you going to vote on who has the better feet? <laughs> when I watched this with Jake at a certain point i looked over at him when it was like a really scary part of the movie i was like kind of you know how like you've seen something already and you're
0: checking to see if somebody's scared yeah you're watching to see someone else watch it yeah it's like the the time i showed the red wedding to my mom
2: exactly and jake just turned to me and went man, I want one of them
0: coats. (laughs) 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 I was like, that's what you're getting from this? (laughs) Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, Paige made us watch... Candyman!
3: Candyman! i guess
0: it was really Paige and mikey yeah both like, of like yeah i mean yeah well we just recently recorded the romance in the pod episode and Paige did make us watch that movie she did so that's what was in my head yeah sorry about that yeah i take all
2: the blame for every entry of the 50 shades series <laughs> on romancing the pod
0: god that episode is bonkers i love it um <laughs> it's so good oh uh, anyway so Was this the first time you guys had seen this? Of course it's the first time you guys have seen this movie. It It just came came out. out. Right? Yeah. All right. So let's talk first thoughts. God, grow up, Todd. I'm just stuck in the formula, baby. So what are your (laughs) first thoughts on Candyman 2021? I thought it was really good. I thought it was really
1: well shot. And I thought it was pretty intense. And uh, we just recently, we just did the first Candyman, like not that long ago, right? I mean, I remember the first movie. It was like two years ago. Okay, so it was a while back. But I really liked the first <laughs> Candyman. I've not seen the sequels, but this one really kept the same kind of vibe and style of the first one of like just the the tension and the weird. I don't know, like the psychological horror of it all. Sure. And then uh, besides the great metaphor that it sets out. I would say that it also hits on this thing that I have not publicly said I am scared of, but it's like tripophobia where like the, the little bumps. Yes.
0: Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Yes.
1: That probably scared me more than anything else. And I know that's not great, but like it, that stuff really freaks me out.
0: Okay. I mean, and there was a lot of that. Yeah, there's a lot of it. I
1: thought it was well-written. I thought it was well shot. I, I I thought it was pretty tense. Uh, And I thought all the, uh like the connection to the first movie was really cool.
0: Uh, Yeah. yeah. So I really liked parts of this movie and like the stuff I hated about this movie was that it scared me. Like it really. Really scared me. Yeah, I understand. I was very scared at some points. And that's the stuff that I just I just don't like, right? But I feel like echoing a lot of what Mikey said, it's really well done, really well written. I enjoyed it a lot. I really also like the way this is directed. The performances are really good. The guy who played the main character, Yahya Abdul Mateen, this is the second thing I've seen him in. And the first time I saw him, I was like, wow, that guy's really good. And that was the uh the trial of Chicago 7. Mm. Which is not an awesome movie It's Aaron Sorkin so if you like Aaron Sorkin You'd probably like it but he's really Good in it he plays Bobby Seal. If you know anything about the Chicago 7 trial mm-hmm. But like he's really good in it So when I saw him in this I was like oh shit He's gonna be great and he was He's very good in this movie
2: Do you want to know who they originally are Like I know I'm gonna burn through fun facts here But there's also not a ton of fun facts cause it's new Yeah it just
0: came out but
2: yeah yeah absolutely tell me Yes if you were gonna recast this with people acting now, who would you put in there?
0: Uh, oh man, you know who I'd like to see? Uh, Lakeith Stanfield. That's who it was. What? Are you serious? <laughs> right off the bat. What? Wow. <laughs> right off the bat. I love Lakeith Stanfield. He's so good. We talked about him in the Get Out episode. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a big, big part in that, but he's so good in that, and he's also yes. so good in Atlanta. Anyway, he's a great actor.
2: Yeah, he turned it down to do uh Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, that's, we, uh, which no, is I saw it. It's good. So good. <laughs> yeah. So I like. As much as I would have loved to see Lakeith Stanfield in this, Yaya does a great job. Yeah. And I'm glad that Lakeith Stanfield got to make Judas and the Black Messiah. Is it good?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's really good. Okay, I'll check it out. Is it scary or is it just like a straightforward- No, 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 no. It's a drama. Okay, I thought it was a drama. I wasn't sure. So I, I think I'm the only one of the three of us to have seen this in theaters- yeah, yes. we, Mikey and I were going to go together, but because of scheduling and how long it takes to produce these episodes,
2: yeah, 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 we
0: had to record it sort of on short notice. So Mikey and I were like, oh, we got to watch it right after work and then record. Yep. So I saw it in theaters
2: after I had heard from like a bunch of people like and I don't know how this managed to happen. I went with friends who love horror movies and. And like half of our group of friends had already seen it. We were the second half to go see it. The group that saw it before us all hated this movie. That's so wild to me. Especially after we all saw it, then we like came out of the theater and we were like, that was like great though. (laughs) Like, what? I don't understand why you you hated this movie. I'm so confused.
1: So I feel like what people get lost on the Candyman franchise as a franchise, let's talk about that. The sequels are a lot more, I feel like, slasher esque.
2: Well, that is exactly what it was, because this is a direct sequel to the first Candyman. Right, and
1: the first one is not a slasher. It is not. It's different. And I liked it. I liked it when I watched
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. And it ignores everything in the sequels. And so when I really like pressed one of my friends about it, because I was like, I need to understand how you disliked this movie because it was so good. Like, help me understand what I'm missing or whatever. And his complaint was that it wasn't a slasher. And I was like, why would you reduce Candyman? To a slasher. Now, mind you, I have not seen a ton of Candyman sequels. I have mostly only seen the first one and this one. And I was
0: like, this seems like a natural progression from the first one. Yeah, I wonder if that's the delineation. Like, have you seen all the sequels that are maybe more slasher esque, which I haven't seen? I've only seen the original one. Well, you
1: see, the sequel, Candyman's, takes place in space, and Space Marines go down to <laughs> LV 426. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I probably wouldn't like it because I've never been to space myself, so I probably just wouldn't empathize <laughs> with any of those people. It
1: takes a left turn from the first one, where it was just one Candy Man, <laughs> but like when the Queen Candy Woman comes aboard the ship,
0: get your hands off my Snickers! <laughs> oh, sorry, is that not is that not what it is? Sorry, <laughs> wrong kind of candy. Werther's original. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Though the first one, I had not seen the first game until we did the podcast. It was very cerebral. It is, yeah. yeah. And I, I felt this one matched the tone and the style, and like asked different questions and some of the same questions in different ways. That very, really, that really challenged the the viewer, I think. And uh, I thought it was, I thought it was real good. I think, I think, I think Candyman like established itself as that kind of franchise. But there was a lot of sequels that were, I you know, just Tony Todd killing a bunch of people. But I thought it was really good with like what Candyman is, quote unquote.
2: I, well, and I think that is the debate: is what is. Candyman, which we'll get into more as we get into this movie. But this movie posits the idea that Candyman is the reflection of societal trauma and it is different for all of us, but that's how we process it and contextualize the horror of the world around us that we are actually living through because it is easier to create a monster than to deal with an actual monster. So essentially, Candyman is a tulpa is what this movie posits.
1: Let's say that you're an idiot. What is a tulpa?
2: Uh, so, uh, Tulpa is the idea of essentially
0: a monster created by intention. Yeah, monster. it's a monster created by intention, Mikey. Like, I knew that. I just, <laughs> just want to make sure that you knew. Oh, I yeah. I totally oh, knew oh, what that was. Oh, I yeah, was yeah. just yeah.
1: wanting to be in the shoes of a listener who may not know. Right. Have known oh, yeah. That's, that was and me not to alienate the listeners. Yeah, no, no, I felt like I knew. sat yeah. down here and never heard that word until just now.
0: <laughs> I mean, clearly, I actually did a research paper in college on Tulpa <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's it's essentially this idea of a shared belief
2: or a shared horror or a shared fear begets a reality related to that fear it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy but it's a monster is
0: it like a community-based one i feel like yeah. Candyman is specifically for that cabini green community right cabrini green yeah cabrini green yeah and a lot of people think of um some
2: people think of bigfoot as a tulpa or alien abductions as a tulpa and that's why there's such common language around them and they seem to happen to similar people
1: would you say that johnny bravo is a tulpa of of women dating
2: no i would say that that's a cartoon that was ahead of its time but that that's kind of the way that's kind of the you idiot the way this movie treats candy man is basically like, like
0: johnny bravo i get it yeah i'm on, yeah, on board with like what you're johnny saying bravo. absolutely i 100 <laughs> i was thinking the whole time like this is johnny bravo you've never
2: looked specifically at a makeup
1: mirror and
0: said johnny bravo seven times
2: never anyway now i've lost my damn train of thought, thought.
0: <laughs> (laughs) We've derailed you with Johnny Bravo. And once again, Paige, I am sorry.
2: (laughs) Thank you. This movie lays it out pretty plainly in the speech that coleman domingo gives in the very end yeah which by the way this is the second film this summer that i've seen coleman domingo in and been like he's amazing he's my new favorite uh because he he was amazing in zola as well if you haven't seen zola go see i have zola. not seen zola should i watch <laughs> zola
0: yes i fucking loved zola i hear coleman domingo's in that i hear he's pretty good in it he's fucking great in it <laughs> he he is the johnny bravo of acting yeah <laughs> <laughs> Paige we knew you were going to say it we just beat you the pledge it's fine we get it
2: yeah thank you uh, he's terrifying and disarming at the same time which is it's perfect for kind of a scary villain yeah because you kind of trust him he seems cool and then he can just flip on a dime and it's so good uh but his speech in the church where he talks about how violence stains a community and you can try to wash it out and cover it up But the stain is still there and you still feel it. And that's what Candyman is. Candyman is the stain. Candyman is how they are processing and contextualizing the horror that keeps happening, the violence Mm -hmm. that keeps happening. And I think that's a much better conversation and metaphor than to just have a slasher. And I love slashers. Absolutely love them. But I think this is so much more interesting of a concept as far as a monster goes. Well,
1: and I think current times or 2021, you can say a lot more interesting, nuanced things using candy, the Candyman franchise. Absolutely. Than you could back because, you know, and back in the day uh, in the first Candyman, the themes were pretty present. And these, these are these more community violence And I think Oh I'm trying to remember I should have watched The first film right before this
0: Well the good thing About this movie Mikey Is that it does Sort of lay out What happens in the first film Because I was like you I was like man We did this original movie The original Candyman Was our Halloween episode 2019 mm-hmm. So it's been like Almost three years Since we well, I guess almost two years Since we watched yeah, it Yeah right? and like Nothing's
1: happened Since 2019
0: I know So like why don't We remember it perfectly No but I mean right. like We have watched 100 episodes since then You know But I uh, i really like that they laid out what happened in the original one enough that i could remember it oh i
1: do too and i love the the puppet the puppet stuff that they do in the movie like
0: that felt very babadook to me which i liked i thought that was cool mm -hmm. but i i really like that they did talk about that in the first one too it is from a different perspective and that is clear because your like main character is a white lady who's like uncovering everything about Candyman. Mm-hmm. And I really like that in this updated version it is someone who is a member of that community. Like literally the baby from the first one is your main character in this. Uh and this is I mean, we could talk about who Candyman is at the end of this, but this movie is like making a Candyman to me. <laughs>
2: this is the first Candyman film to have a black protagonist.
0: Well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It, it should. It's it's a franchise like that, that. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand why that is crazy, but it doesn't surprise me because the first one started off with a white woman and then the sequels that spawn probably right after that would probably all be told from that same perspective because it's the same team more or less making those movies like production teams is what I'm talking about there. Uh, I do like that we have members of the community both on screen and behind the camera as far as the director to help. Tell the story in a much more effective Way although I do feel like it was very Accessible to and we talked about This during the get out episode but it was very Accessible to an idiot like me And I'm glad that we had Coleman Domingo at the end like hey, in case you guys did not understand what this movie was about. Yeah, he
1: like pulls up his chair. like
0: yeah. Let me explain it to you because the movie's almost over. So every stupid person in the back, this is for you. And that was like, I was over there like, oh, oh, I get it. (laughs) So like, I get it. Like, I was very glad they did that.
2: Through the film, I had kind of picked up on it a lot earlier. And I was just like, Oh my god is this what they're doing Is this what they're doing And then when he gives the speech I was just like Yes oh my god yes
0: This is so good But you're the kind of person who knows what a tulpa is And I'm the kind of yeah. person who pretends like I know what a tulpa is So like <laughs> <laughs> we're, deal- we're dealing with two different uh, Intelligence levels Paige. Yeah I
1: love that tapioca pudding Oh yeah, and absolutely. honestly
0: man I really Enjoy tulpa's early work Like the hobbit was amazing <laughs> Like uh, uh <laughs> Lord of the Rings, I, you know, it's hit or miss in parts, but like, I really love. J.R.R. Tulpa's work Completely unrelated
1: (laughs) Like about the movie Or like
2: Yes About the movie Unrelated to To whatever you're talking about Uh, (laughs) Tiana Paris Who plays Brianna His girlfriend Yeah Is gorgeous
0: Yeah Mm -hmm. She really is
2: She is beautiful But one of the things I appreciated And I know this is A random thing to note But as a woman of size I appreciated that She was curvier And they did not hide it It was just A fact, And they accentuated it in her clothing. She looks amazing in every single frame of this film. And she wears a bonnet or headscarf to bed, which is the first time I think I've ever seen that in a movie. And I was like, she looks like one of my friends.
0: And I love that. Well, you have a black woman director. Like, yes, that is one of those things that I think we would not have seen if. And I don't know who directed the first one, but I'm sure it was probably a white dude because it was in the 90s. So if we had a white dude in the 90s directing this, it probably would have been different. I can find out. Yeah, we can look it up. Yeah, so I just looked it up. Bernard Rose directed it, and he is a white dude. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I feel like it's really important to have people from... The community in which the story is being Told from yeah. behind the camera too
2: I also love that she has Agency she has her own life Her own goals her own job And even though she is a final girl She is never a damsel in distress She fights the whole time Yeah
0: I would say she is a damsel in distress For like three minutes but she gets herself Out of that distress and Absolutely. I like it She's like oh this is duct tape. This is weak shit give me three yeah. minutes And I'll be running out the front door and that's what she yep. does I loved that yeah, yeah. so so I really, really liked her as well. I also really liked her brother, especially when he told the ghost story at the beginning because he yes. took a beat and like turned the lights out, lit a candle. That is a man who knows dramatic flair, and I am <laughs> into it. I love that character, especially when he walks in their house uh, at, towards the end of the movie to get all of Brianna's yes. stuff. And he's yes. like, we're coming in. I need you to make yourself known immediately. We're coming to get her shit <laughs> get out. Like, that's the kind of brother everyone deserves. We are coming to get her things, and we will be leaving
2: with them, (laughs) is what he says.
0: That's such a funny line. He was so great. I loved it so much. But yeah, let's get into the movie page, please.
2: All right. The movie opens with the Candyman song from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is a very upbeat, fun Happy-go-lucky song. And then the Universal logo and the MGM logo are backward. Now, I had seen this in theater, so I knew that that was supposed to happen. (laughs) I I paused it. (laughs) So did my husband, uh, because we we were watching it at home, and I was taking notes and forgot to let him know that that was going to happen so he's like fiddling with the tv and he like can't figure out why it's backwards it's the mirror reflection i know i know todd and i I remember (laughs) that's
0: so funny men are dumb i paused it for a second i was like no
1: it's mirrors (laughs) and then i then i paused it yeah well
2: because i was like no jake it's supposed to be that way because and he goes oh damn it mirrors and i was like yeah (laughs) we open on a paper doll puppet show where essentially it's paper doll police and they're telling somebody to put their hands up and arresting somebody
0: did you guys get the impression that this child here was the main character
1: i did i I thought that was the main guy up until he was like i never grew up there and i was like i was a different kid okay got it
2: oh no i i immediately realized it wasn't because the timeline was wrong because this was in the 70s Oh, that's right. No, 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 you're right. Oh, yeah. This
0: must have been the guy who owned the laundromat then.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is the guy who owned the laundromat. Sorry,
0: I literally just watched it, so I'm still sort of processing through yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, that's why when he tells the story of Candyman, that's the story he tells. Yeah. That's his Candyman. That's his touchstone. Because also remember, this is happening in the 70s. He lived there as a child before the events of the first movie. And by the time the first movie comes around, Candyman is already a local legend.
1: Yeah, they talk about this story in the first movie.
2: Yeah, And this is why when he starts his story, he says... For me, Candyman was, yeah, which is this first introduction of this is the version of this and that there are multiple versions of this. Candyman isn't just one thing. He's the whole damn hive. That's the point of this movie. Yeah. So the little boy's playing with the puppets. His mom comes in and asks him to do the laundry. So he walks out of his apartment into the basically neighborhood laundromat which is in one of the high rises and he has to go down the stairs and we get a title card that says cabrini green 1977 as he walks past there is a police car parked outside one of the high rises and they go full terminator 2 and are like have you seen this man (laughs) and they're asking people and the little boy continues on his way he drops a sock the police watch and the I got the impression that they debated whether or not to grab the sock and follow him, but they choose not to. They stay in the car, but they're close enough that they can hear him scream from the laundry room moments later. Yeah. And this is baby Burke, right? This is young Burke. Yes. So he goes down into the laundry room, and the light is on a timer. So as he's trying to get into the laundry room, the light on the timer goes out, and in the reflection of the glass door of the laundry room, we can see a hole in the wall.
0: Okay, that by itself, I was like, oh god, yeah, because I remember the first Candyman, and it, like he comes through the walls, or you go through the walls mm. to his lair, if you will. Like, yeah, oh man,
1: not me, man. I go through any hole. Oh, Mikey. <laughs>
0: Well,
3: the original Candyman,
2: and also by extension, this Candyman, because it draws on the original, is based on a series of real crimes. I mean, Clive Barker's story is one thing that has kind of the basis of Candyman and the backstory. But when they went to go create that first movie, they did base parts of that movie on a series of original crimes where in very, very low rent apartments, in order for electricians and plumbers to access things in the walls without having to break down walls walls they had medicine cabinets that would literally just pull in and out of the walls
0: yeah
1: I remember I think I remember the first episode we talked about it we did someone did come through the medicine cabinet and killed somebody
2: absolutely and they actually they talk about it later in this movie just in recordings as he's listening to it and they use one of the names of the people that like survived that it happened to which I thought was really interesting but so this idea of somebody living in the walls is a very real fear that is based on real cases okay so he opens the laundry room door and he puts the clothes into the machine and through the glass behind him.
0: We still see the hole in the wall, man. I was all I was doing was like clocking that hole in the wall, like waiting to see anything. I was so scared. It was so creepy. And you know that lights on a timer and they've got the Oh, I remember those lights. I hated them. Me too. It does such a great job of building the tension in this scene to the point where and you're about to get to a page when that candy drops that scared me i was like oh Yo, i believe it oh yeah.
1: god i know it's terrible what happens to this guy but what he did to this kid would have scared the hell out of any kid you know like that. yeah
2: but that that said i do think he is harmless
0: me too and maybe this is just because there was a guy who lived on my high school who would sit out in his driveway and wave at everyone as they were coming in and leaving high school and he had a cognitive disability but he would do things that would sometimes scare you like he'd pop up in places and like But he was just trying to say hello. He was waving, right? Yeah. And I felt like this guy may have had sort of a cognitive disability and was like, he just knew kids like candy and he was just trying to be nice to the kids. I don't know. Yeah. And that's very much my projection, you know. There's a lot of people with developmental disabilities
1: and also severe and persistent mental illness that are kind and want to be included in the community. And they do out of the social norms type behavior and it scares people. Yeah. And they end up calling police a lot. I mean, that's the whole reason I have a job, right, is to improve responses to that whole thing.
2: Yeah. Well, and also, he could also just be a nice, misunderstood, unhoused man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Who lives in the wall because that's the closest place he could find warmth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We don't know. Yeah. But he walks out after putting his clothes in the washing machine. Baby
0: Burke does.
2: Baby Burke does. Yeah. A piece of candy lands on the floor. It clearly came out of the wall. So scary. The light goes out in the laundry room and in the reflection of the door, we see somebody walking out of the hole and it looks like Candyman. Now, here's something I think is really interesting because he does have a hook as well. Yeah. But... What they've done, and they do this kind of throughout this movie, we know what original Candyman looks like. And it's very, you know, tied to his late 1900s. Like, yeah,
1: he's got the cast iron hook and the, yeah, he, the yes. old-timey coat and stuff like that.
2: Old-timey coat. And then when we see Sherman, he is dressed very similarly but it is clearly a 1970s version yeah. of that look, which I found really interesting.
0: Yeah. And if you see his hook, it is literally like a grasper hook. Like there's yeah. one part of a hook and then another part that you, he could probably manipulate to like pick up things with that hand or hold things with that hand. It is not something you could slash and cut somebody with. It's Absolutely. very dull. Yes. I like that a lot, too, because even though he's presented as very scary, the more you look at him, the less scary he becomes. Yes. And then, of course, what happens to him is, like, super sad, and he had nothing to do with it, we find out, but mm-hmm. but I really liked that. I think it ties directly into what happens to him next,
2: because young Burke screams, yeah. the cops are close enough that they run into the building, and he says... This is where I saw the true face of fear, or at least I'm sorry, when he covers when he covers it later, because we come back to this scene. So, like, yeah, he screams the cops run in and then we cut to the rest of the movie. But when we come back to this scene, he mentions that once he screamed and expressed that he was afraid, then he sees fear on Sherman's face. And it's this idea of he wasn't trying to scare you at all. He was harmless and now you've put him in danger and he's not mad at you. He understands why you were scared because he still tries to hand you the candy. But it doesn't matter to the cops. The optics are all that matters. Yeah. And they don't even pause to see what's going on. They don't pause to ask questions. They kill him on sight. Yeah. Yeah you know yes
1: that's terrible but, but like society does that with this kind yeah. of the forgotten people who live here like like i said the home, the unhoused uh, the mentally ill you know the poor like you look at them and it's not like what you're like they look they're dressed differently they it's just you know and you look at first glance and it's scary now i'm saying i'm not saying people shouldn't be careful about stuff but i mean like most of these people if you talk to them are very very harmless and they some of them do look very scary but it's because they suffer from You know, some sort of severe and persistent mental illness or and then like this is off track from like a person of color metaphor, but same thing. Right. Like implicit bias. Yeah. is the same thing. Your first glance, like I'm scared of this guy walking down the street. But if you took the time and talked to that person like ninety nine percent of the time, those people, people are just people like you.
0: It's probably more than that percent of the time. But yeah, like that's one of the reasons I like that. The more you look at the man who came out of the wall, the less scary he gets, because I feel like that plays into that sort of metaphor of the unknown is always scary the more you know the unknown the less scary it gets and that i mean that actually plays out in horror movies like monster movies when you actually see the monster it gets less scary
1: yeah caveat to all that i don't care who you are where you come from what's going on if you pop out of a wall i'm running away (laughs)
0: Yeah, same. I mean, that's going to scare me.
1: (laughs) That's just going to be how it is. That's just how it's going to be from now on. I'm also
0: not probably going to take wall candy. Like, if you come out of a wall and you want to hand me candy, it's probably going to be a note from me. Honestly, any hard candy. If I know you personally and you try and give me hard candy, that's a note from me, dog. I like hard candy. Then you can have it all, Paige. Thank you. I want that chocolate. Yeah, you could take it. Like
1: I said in the first, Oof. I think the first one, if you did have those little strawberry hard candies that are soft in the middle. Yes. It would be more of a debate. But <laughs> if anybody jumps out of a wall, I am running away.
0: I just want to see someone jump on the wall, Mikey, be like, ah! And then be like, oh, what kind of candy do you have? <laughs> Circus peanuts. Get the f*** out of here with that doorstop (laughs) bullshit Toothbrushes
2: (laughs) and apples Get the fuck out The dentist hit the wall Oh god anyway so We cut from him screaming As Sherman comes out of the wall To credits And the credit sequence is so Interesting Where it's buildings filmed Essentially upside down Like looking up from street view And it's kind of making its way through parts of Chicago that are going to be included in the story. Basically the projects. Yeah. And we cut to Cabrini Green present day. This is where we first meet Brianna's brother Troy and his boyfriend who are heading to Brianna's house with flowers and wine for dinner. They get there and they are immediately critical of the wine that that Brianna <laughs> and Anthony have in their house. But this is also where we find out that Anthony's a painter. And we see some of his work, which is very cool. Like his like original paintings that we see a few of, they all kind oh, of have yeah. the same setup. I really liked them. They've, they've got this like bright color to them. They're very interesting looking. But we find out that he hasn't really been very inspired recently
0: yeah and we find out from like the art dealer or whatever the guy who dies first oh that's yeah later yeah yeah we find out from him that like the paintings that he's doing are similar to the paintings he's sort of done for the past few years that are very they seemed very lynching themed yes they were you know Uh, which and and i agree they are great but the art Dealer in a very douchey way is like, uh, this is so 2019. You need to update to 2021, baby. Yeah. I was glad when he died. I was too. He's terrible. Yeah, Yeah, but you're right. That is in a few scenes.
2: Yeah, it's a few scenes later. But so we kind of get a a first taste of him being kind of stagnated in his creative
0: inspiration. Yeah, he's sort of painting the same thing over and over and over in slightly different ways, but it's the same thing.
2: Yes. But During this dinner We get information from Troy Where Troy is a realtor But he wasn't their realtor So there's kind of Some playful banter about it But he basically says That part of the reason He wouldn't have wanted them To buy this place Is because the neighborhood Is haunted Right And Anthony was like Everywhere is haunted Which is kind of What I ascribe to Where I'm like People die everywhere (laughs) Like literally everywhere Is haunted
0: Yeah I mean if you believe In that sort of thing Like if people die And their ghost haunts Where they lived Literally everywhere Would be that way Yeah Exactly
2: And Troy is like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. They called this Smoky Hollow. Then they called it something else. But it used to be Cabrini Green. You are living where the towers of Cabrini Green used to be. Yeah. And they're currently tearing down everything to develop around it. And he, at this point, is like, does anyone want to hear a scary story? And he lights the candles, turns down the lights for the drama
0: of it. I love it. The drama of it all. And he's like, here's the tea. Yeah.
2: Let me recap the first Candyman for you, just in case you were unaware. And so he goes through, and I find it really, really interesting that he tells the story of Candyman from the perspective of an urban legend. Yeah. He doesn't have the insider info that we have from watching the movie. He's telling what the news would have reported,
1: which is— Yeah, well, so, like, that happens. Community trauma and, like, personal trauma. Like, there's, like, a way to do it. Like, like the the -the state-of-the-art way to treat trauma, right, is reprocess it using, like, EMDR— like, reprocess it with, like, both hemispheres of the brain, stuff like that. But there's a lot of, like, research into, like, how you deal with trauma is, like, a narration, like a story you tell yourself. And, like, you know, how you tell that story, uh, you know, research shows that that affects, like, how you see yourself, uh, the actions you take. Like, you know, it's kind of like switching from, like, a victim to survivor kind of thing. Like, uh, there's, like, a lot of terminology. It's not my specialty in counseling or whatever, but it's very, very interesting in, like, changing someone's narrative. And people retell their stories over and over again, And that
0: becomes more integrated, but it becomes the truth that they believe because they said it so many times, whether it actually happened that way or not, which is why the reframing is so important, because if you were the victimized person, if you are able to tell the story in a way that is reframed where you were a survivor, you Mm -hmm. overcame it then you will overcome it. I, I know a little bit about it because that's some of the stuff that I did in therapy yeah. when my brother died. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And
1: I think, you know, this is pure speculation, but it happens on a community level. Like, if they all do, beca- like these big community trauma incidents become kind of like urban legends like we have like a murder Kroger here which is like an urban legend now like yeah there was a double homicide there like 30 years ago but like it has stayed in the ethos or whatever I know
0: people who don't go to burger up in 12 south because the guy who started it with his wife killed himself there yeah so like there's stuff like that everywhere every town has that sort of stuff
2: i mean we we have a a chicken chain that is delicious but the family who owned it and started it oh i know the story yes there was like a crazy like it's like the son of the original family took over it and expanded it and made it big but then he had brain cancer and ends up shooting like his mom and sister to try and wrest control of the company but then ultimately complete suicide. And it's this crazy story.
0: It's zanku chicken, right?
2: Yeah, and it's just yeah. delicious. So I want to try some of that
0: sauce. Like when we go out there Paige, oh, it's so we good. We got to get some zanku. It's so good. I'll take you to zanku. Let's do it. All right. And I think Mikey sort of what you were talking about, things that play out on the micro or the macro level will also sometimes play out on the macro or micro level. Like you know, it'll... Yeah, yeah.
1: I I just you know, I'm just spitballing here. I'm trying to be like cerebral. Mm. Mikey. <laughs> Part
2: of this, and we kind of find out part of it later in the movie, when she talks about kind of what happened after the first movie, this idea of like, we moved away, we decided to never speak of that incident again, and somebody broke their promise and did. But that means that the only version of it that Troy would know... Is the newspaper version. He didn't yeah. grow up in Cabrini Green. Mm-hmm. And so, this is what he's telling them is what he understands is, you know, her doing research on urban legends, beheading a Rottweiler,
0: kin- like kidnapping a baby,
2: and they get the baby
0: back. Yeah, and all of this is told from the perspective of it was Helen, right? That was her name? Yes. Yeah. Helen yeah. was doing it. And of course, if you've seen the first movie, you know, it was Candyman doing that shit, right? Helen was right. just around. Well, yeah, because. Candyman took the baby because he wanted to be reborn or something in the first
1: one or that was going to be the next candy man
2: it, it doesn't necessarily establish that in the first movie he needs a victim is what he needs yes. she
1: goes into the fire to save the baby and then sacrifices herself and kills him allegedly
2: well she becomes his victim she takes yeah. the place yeah. of that baby
0: yeah so she sacrifices herself to save the baby who we find out is the main character in this movie
2: yeah, I mean, not till much, much later, but yeah. Anyway, we, we cut to after dinner. Troy and his boyfriend have gone home. Anthony and Brianna are getting ready for bed, and they're kind of walking through like okay what's your day tomorrow what are we doing tomorrow it's a very Uh,
0: common going to bed sort of thing with with a spouse or you know a live-in boyfriend or girlfriend
2: and as she's kind of going through like okay i've got a meeting tomorrow uh then we've got your mom's thing at seven he's reading the article about her killing the rottweiler and he's like damn she really did kill the rottweiler (laughs) yeah (laughs) and brianna just says please don't creep me out in my new apartment before bed (laughs) Which is fair.
0: Yeah, man, I would be very upset if Natalie, after like talking about something scary like they had just done, like was doing other things that are tangentially related to that scary thing. As I'm trying to go to sleep, I'd be like freaking out. Oh, you
1: mean like reading the newspaper?
0: I mean like reading a newspaper article about the scary thing that is the urban legend we talked about over dinner. Yeah, that would freak me out. We cut to the next
2: day. And this is where he's talking to the art dealer Clive. Yeah. Named after Clive Barker. Oh, Uh really? Yeah, but this is where he's talking about basically you're painting the same stuff you were painting two years ago when I gave you a solo show out of grad school. And I don't want to replace you for the summer show, but I need to see what you're putting up. And this is where Anthony's kind of spitballing, where he's like, I want to do something about the projects and white supremacy, places of neglect, maybe Cabrini Green.
0: Well, he actually says maybe where I grew up on the South Side. And he's like, ah, that's so played out. And then he says, well, maybe Cabrini Green. And he's like, ooh cabrini green so like yeah it really is clive who like hones him in on cabrini green
2: well and in a way it's almost fate because as much as he thinks that he grew up on the south side we will find out he was born in cabrini green
0: and lived there for i think a year or two, two right two years, two years. Yeah. yeah yeah but i mean of course you wouldn't remember that but yeah no, of course yeah
2: so we cut to later in his apartment because i got the impression that the studio was kind of like adjacent To their apartment
0: somehow. I thought the studio was just upstairs in their apartment. Like you see him go upstairs in one shot. Mm -hmm. And then in a room up there. And then you see him painting in the next shot. So I assumed he was just going up to where that was to paint. Although I don't know for sure.
2: I don't know for sure either. The movie doesn't really set it up. I mean it makes the most sense that it's that. Because in the very next shot we see Clive and his intern. And then his girlfriend Brianna leave. Yeah But when he and Brianna Are kind of fighting It does seem like It's maybe somewhere else Yeah But that's probably why She stays at Troy's house Anyway Clive and his intern and Brianna leave to go handle things for the show that they're working on. And on the way out of the house, Brianna tells him to remember to go to his mom's at seven. Yeah. But instead, he stays home and researches about the original story of Candyman. He then goes outside with his camera to photograph the neighborhood. He
0: finds the old church from the first movie. I really love that reveal where he shows the newspaper clipping and then moves it. And now you see the old church. I love that. Yep. But I, I, he's just walking around trying to get inspiration. Yeah. I, I liked it.
2: As he's photographing that church, a bee lands on his hand and stings him. He slaps it, the bee falls to the ground, and the ants eat it. Yeah, He climbs a fence and gets into the old neighborhood that we saw in the beginning of the movie when Burke was doing laundry, and he finds one of the apartments open. He goes inside, and it looks like a squat, essentially. So it's full of graffiti. There's trash everywhere. And he jumps at a sound, turns, and sees graffiti of a monster that looks kind of like Candyman. Yeah. He walks through an overgrown courtyard. He hears a siren and kind of ducks back because I think he's afraid of being arrested for
0: trespassing
2: yeah i mean he did Mm -hmm. jump that fence you know yeah and as he's hiding we hear the voice of coleman domingo aka burke adult burke no
0: longer baby burke
2: (laughs) they never used to come by unless they were here to take somebody in but now it's all the time they're posted up keeping track of who of us still live here keeping us safe but also keeping us in yeah and so he kind of strikes up a conversation with burke because burke we find out Lived there since before the high rises came down because he is the little boy from the beginning. Yeah. He takes Anthony to his laundromat, which, if you'll notice, is right out of the 70s, but is also the same colors as Candyman. Yeah, it is. The color scheme in this movie is very important. Yellow is almost specifically for Candyman in this film, which is yeah. very interesting. Like bees. Yeah. He sits down in the office with him to kind of talk through Candyman. And Burke basically says, and this is very important, one white woman dies in the hood and the story lives on forever. Yeah. Meaning Uh that's the Candyman story everybody knows, but that's not the only Candyman story. It's not the original one. And it's not even, I mean, there were, I think he talks through four or five. Yeah. Well, he lists out multiple names at the end where it is... Essentially, a record of tragedies that have happened to this community, and it is all Candyman. And I think it's very important. Like when we see Anthony's art later on, and the name of the artwork is "Say His Name." Yeah, as he goes through listing out all of the other people who, AKA, are Candyman, he's very meticulous and important to say their name, their actual name, their actual name, the thing that happened to them, and that's very reminiscent of the people who have. Died at the hands of police. Say their name.
1: Mm -hmm. I was gonna say that, and I was gonna say double relevant because of what's been going on, like the white girl who went missing in Wyoming, and like you've never seen that kind of media attention or footage on a missing person of color.
0: I mean, we've talked about the less dead before on the podcast, but it plays into that, right? And it, it it really does not to use a metaphor that this movie uses well, but it holds a mirror up to society and shows a horrible class system that exists.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and it's this idea of when you can sensationalize it as a monster, when it's Candyman, everyone talks about it. But no one just talks about the fact that Sherman was gunned down in a laundromat for doing nothing. No one remembers his name. They yeah. just say Candyman. Yeah. That, I think, is really important to kind of note in the film as who talks about Candyman and how they talk about Candyman. And Burke is very specific to use people's names. And I think that's notable. In this movie specifically.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right. It was also super interesting that her name is Brianna. And yes, and I I do think
2: this was already in
0: development. It was. I looked it up. They started shooting this in September of uh 2019 and Brianna Taylor didn't happen until I think it was March last year, March 2020.
1: So September 2019 so like before uh the Black Lives Matter movement and all and all the
0: stuff in 2020. It was before Brianna Taylor, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this Great. is this was supposed to be
2: in theaters during pandemic and they held mm-hmm. off. Yeah. So I think it is pure coincidence that her name is brianna but a that's amazing a tragic coincidence
0: <laughs> yeah oh, yeah no absolutely when i heard them say her name was brianna and then that say my name or say his name was a thing i was like well that sounds a lot like like the protests around brianna taylor all, all mo- multiple protests well yeah, yeah yeah it's a rallying cry because
2: mm-hmm. it was a rallying cry before brianna taylor because this has been yeah. happening for a long ass time it was the rallying cry for sandra bland and even before that, you know, so like mm-hmm. it's the same as Candyman. It continues to happen. It always happens. It's this constant cycle of violence. And how do you cope with that?
0: Yeah. I mean, this has been going on since America has been a thing. And before that, because, you yeah. know, before that, yeah. What up, UK? <laughs> But like the Watts riot in the 60s started with uh, police brutality. Like it's been going on forever.
2: Yes. And but I think that's how this movie is kind of framing it through this lens. So in this scene, as Burke is telling him about his experience with Candyman, this is where he starts out with, for me, Candyman was Sherman Fields. And he gives us the whole backstory of he used to hand out candy to kids. And then somebody found a razor blade in a white girl's candy. And specifically a white girl's candy. Yeah. She doesn't necessarily live in the projects, but because it's a white girl's candy, now we're upset. And the police came looking for Sherman and he had disappeared into the walls. And we find out that when Burke screamed in the laundry room, he then is not afraid after. But the cops, it's too late. The cops respond. And he says, that's when I saw the true face of fear. And Sherman still offers him a piece of candy. And he takes it But as he goes to walk up the stairs He hears the cops And when he's telling the story He describes it as I heard the swarm Yeah And I think it's really interesting That multiple times Through the movie The sounds of sirens
0: and police Are referred to
2: as the swarm
0: Well it's Burke that says that I mean at the very end He says here comes the swarm And yes. he's talking about the police Not the bee Yeah exactly I thought that that was An awesome like allegory to The bees that are all around Candyman
2: Yes mm mm-hmm. And he witnesses the police kill Sherman on the spot. So if you mm -hmm. want to think of the reality of being this young boy, that's incredibly traumatizing. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine how much you'd blame yourself for that. So much. And to be honest, I really we don't get into Burke's story all that much. I think he does. I think that's part of why he kind of loses it at the end because he's been blaming himself for years. Page, I think he lost it a long
0: time ago. Yeah. And he has been deep in the Candyman lore. And that's how he knows how to make a Candyman, more or less. Yeah, yeah. And that's why he is the one at the end who cuts off the arm and puts the hook in and all that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not his fault. Like, he did not— Make the cops shoot that man But like I definitely understand Because like survivor's guilt that I've dealt with Like that would be where you Go with that you would blame yourself For that incorrectly but you would Yeah
1: I find that a lot of People when it comes to experiencing Witnessing being a part of Trauma in any way even a a victim Anything people like to make sense of it Yeah you know in their minds part of that Creating that narrative and a lot of the ways That people have to only make sense of it Is if it's their fault you know tragedy isn't logical yeah it's not a b to C uh, but people like to tell that narrative make that story to themselves because then the world makes more sense but then you're the bad guy right right like I, sh- I should have stopped you know my brother from driving or we should have went somewhere else or I should have never have game there or I should not have screamed you know because they killed this man and that's how people put trauma together in their minds and it you know really hurts everything about a person and, and affects their actions from there on out yeah. yeah
2: and as the police are killing Sherman we do see a single B on the door trying to get out and Burke continues with the story what shows up a couple weeks later more razor blades and more candy Sherman was innocent they never even stopped to ask him about it or check the candy or talk to him but he says that wasn't the last we saw of him and this is where we cut to Anthony painting we will find out later what happened and where they saw Candyman again Slightly later in the movie, when Burke kind of tells more of the story. But for now, Anthony's off to the races and he's painting with Sherman as his inspiration. And we see his brush stroke move across the paper, which is a very significant shot because it is replicated later. Yeah. And I'll talk about it when it comes up. He's completely forgotten to go see his mom at seven. Well, he's just
0: lost in creating the art. Like, yeah. I have been so lost in something that I lost all track of time. I've been like, oh shit. I'm late for whatever, right? Yeah, absolutely. That happens all the time, yeah.
2: Yeah, Uh, so Brianna comes home and is basically like, hey, you forgot your mom's thing, and she is complaining that I stop you from calling her, and that's not true, so please call her.
0: Please handle that.
2: Yeah, cool, (laughs) cool, but I need to show you this new painting I made. Yeah. And he shows her the painting about Sherman, and I think... What she says is really, really interesting and valuable where she just says, this is very literal. There's not much for the viewer to interpret. It's not symbolism of violence. It is violence depicted as violence. And it is. Yeah, it's
0: a picture of violence.
2: Yeah. And it is painful. And he basically says, this is my starting point. I know exactly what I'm meant to be doing right now. And she says, "Okay, great. I'm happy for you and then he introduces the idea of the summoning ritual yeah because as he's been digging into Candyman, he found out about saying his name into mirrors and he's asking her if she should and she says no like we should not do this
1: i like how everybody is pretty much like let's not do this
0: yeah listen i don't believe in any of that supernatural shit but like i still would not do this yeah like, absolutely you don't fuck with it Just in case.
2: Yeah. And he's trying to summon in their reflected windows. Yeah. And he does say it five times, but I do think it's very important to note that she does not say it during this scene. Right. Which is why later, as he is essentially haunted by Candyman from this moment forward, she is not. Not until the end when she then says it herself.
0: Well, I think she uses it as a tool at the end. And we can yeah. talk about that when we get there. But yeah.
2: And and I was super happy. Me too. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. So she also asks what happened to his hand. And he tells her it's a bee sting. And they're basically about to go to bed. And as they do, the camera shoots over their shoulder into the window. And then the reflection, we see Candyman standing in their apartment. Yeah. We cut to the gallery opening. And we follow a young girl walking through part of the exhibit with her backpack, and she has a handout from the gallery.
0: But it's like a handout about specifically his exhibit, the say say his name exhibit. Right. I didn't read all the text that was on it, but at the bottom it says, say the name into the mirror five times. Right. Which it's- you thought you think would be at the beginning of the paper. No, you want to tell the story before you have them yeah. if it, at the beginning they wouldn't know what they were doing.
1: Yeah. I hated the scene because everyone talks a bunch of shit about his exhibit, and I thought his exhibit looked really cool. His exhibit yeah. was badass, man. I thought it was awesome.
0: The fact that you could like open the mirror and look uh, like Yeah, and it's like back there. Yeah. And it looks like a medicine cabinet. Like I really liked it. Yes. That.
2: I really liked it yeah. a lot. And people were
0: like, this is shitty, and I was like, oh, art world, God. Oh, I know. It's pretty much propped up by money launderers. Like, get over yourselves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is where he talks to the art critic.
0: Why can't
1: podcasting do that? Y'all, if y'all want to laundry money, come to, come at us. Oh, God. D- come at Mikey specifically. Don't. <laughs> wait. Don't hit me up with that shit. Wait, that's eliciting a, a felony. Uh- <laughs> don't do that. Nailed it
0: didn't nail it <laughs> anyway this is also where he interacts with the art critic which apparently is a no-no i did not realize that that was a no-no at art galleries because i didn't either is that a no-no apparently because in the movie clive is like oh he's over there annoying the art critic well i think they argue that
2: he's hogging her that like none of the other artists are getting to talk to her
0: but then when he's talking to her he also says and i'm over here like an asshole feeling like i like i have to explain my artwork to people yeah so apparently that's a no-no i don't
2: No I think it's just that he's hogging because he then says it speaks for itself and she's just like yeah it does but also it's basic AF is essentially what she says She's like yeah I get it
1: She's like this is the (laughs) pumpkin spice latte of community trauma expression
0: In that it is delicious and it is a celebration of fall (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I do feel Like she does sort of understand The at least gentrification aspect Of it except that she Then goes into like
2: you know artists Are the real gentrifiers Yeah right I was like whoa yeah, and I was like What a bad take This is not great And I do love that he comes back at her About it later not
0: until yeah not Until he's in our apartment I do think That that is a very easy thing to Say especially from a white perspective Because you can point to things like Grenad- village and stuff like that and there is some truth to like because rents are cheap and artists don't make a lot of money they usually live in those areas and those areas over time do become gentrified because they're cheap and developers come in and like buy up all this area and like kick the people out that live there so they can sell it for more it's just a incorrect it's a reductive way to think about it yes. it doesn't look at the whole of the system that causes right. the
1: issue which i think was kind of a statement on the first movie because like the first movie i think is more about gentrification less overtly about community violence and like god i sound so pretentious i love it
0: (laughs) mikey you would love our podcast then
1: because i don't think people listen to podcasts i mean (laughs) no but i mean like i I felt like the first film and like this is me looking back two years ago is i felt like we talked about how it kind of talked about gentrification a lot yeah and like public housing as is an issue a lot but the issue is way bigger than just the housing which I think which would I think this film is saying more successfully.
0: and well, I think he says it a lot more successfully when he goes back to her apartment yeah. later in this movie. I just didn't like her. Me either.
2: I mean, I was very glad to see what
1: happened to her because she is kind of pretentious and awful. If I opened a medicine cabinet and there was like all that stuff inside, I've been like, this is so cool.
0: Mikey, you literally would have been like, oh, cool. Hey, Tom, come look at this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, yeah. for a
0: fact that would have been exactly what you did.
2: So at the art show, we do see Troy and his boyfriend looking into the exhibit and his boyfriend is like, do you want to try it? And Troy just says, Black people don't need to be summoning things. (laughs) I would argue no one needs to be summoning things. No, I don't believe it at all. Don't fuck with it, though. I'm not going to mess with it just in
0: case it might happen.
2: But his boyfriend does it anyway, but doesn't do all five. Right. We cut to another artist who's talking to Clive and Brianna, and he's talking about the exhibit, and he implies that the paintings are so bad he must have gotten them at an estate
0: sale or something. In the desert. But he says this to his face.
2: Yeah Well and Anthony is like I found them in the studio Where I painted them You goofy ass fuck
0: Which I think is so great <laughs> I love it And then as he starts to leave Because of course You know He's insulting people And his girlfriend Shoes him out Clive the art dealer Is like I should never have let Your girlfriend put you On this show And then he has that Comeback that's like Oh he says Perfect
2: Shouldn't you be stocking up On morning after pills For your summer intern program Yeah At which he is <laughs> Scandalized next to What is clearly a a summer intern oh yeah she says she has a nova ring it's yeah. great I have a nova ring nova. Uh, and then as we <laughs> cut to Anthony leaving he just goes
0: bitch as he leaves (laughs) it's so great well because Clive is like you had that pre-planned you knew you were gonna say that and he goes yeah I did bitch and he like (laughs) slips as he's walking out the door like he's clearly had a few drinks yeah 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 he's been a
1: little loose I felt like both of them were a little drunk said some things they didn't mean I don't like when two drunk people
0: fight and it gets too serious I feel like Clive is just a straight up asshole probably and,
2: and Clive was kind of an asshole in the earlier scene with him too so yeah that's why I think that meanwhile we cut back to Anthony's studio where he is drinking and painting yeah and then we cut back to the gallery where clive is trying to clean up after the show and he's complaining about anthony and brianna
0: to his summer intern
2: to a summer intern who's replying with only joy division song titles i love
0: how he was like yeah we get it you like joy division
2: yep uh but they stop (laughs) in front of anthony's painting and they decide that they're going to say Candyman into the mirror just for fun uh and or at least she's going to and he says don't i don't want you to die tonight at least not till after we fuck which is a
0: horrible thing to say yeah but he's a douche he's the christian gray of this episode <laughs>
2: oh, he doesn't have a helicopter if
0: i was
1: clive i think i would have said the only thing dying tonight is after i murder that p word <laughs>
0: But Mikey, would you have actually said the whole word? I would have said the whole word because I was an intimate partner. (laughs) Okay. If you have ever heard Mikey say the P word in an intimate moment, would you please reach out to me on social media so I can interview you like he interviewed my quote-unquote date to the Blair Witch Project? Uh, my favorite was when
2: you told that that story to Chris and Blaine and just the looks of horror on Chris and Blaine's faces as they were like, I thought our friendship was weird, but
0: no. Mikey and I do have a weird friendship. Yeah. We're not friends. <laughs> so you keep telling me, Mikey. <laughs> disagree though
2: she clips one of the (laughs) straps from her hot topic shorts onto his belt loop and they're kind of canoodling and they're saying
0: "Candyman" into the mirror
1: canoodling
0: (laughs) canoodling is a good word mikey i liked it but i thought it was bonkers that she clipped her pants to his pants you're gonna need to take those pants off just remove the pants why are we clipping pants to pants
1: i don't know that's like a commitment thing i'm out
2: (laughs) maybe she doesn't know how sex works and she'll just be in the corner with a hula hoop like look it's my nuva ring (laughs) (laughs) It's my Nova ring. (laughs) Yeah, it's Nuva,
0: Mikey. It's pronounced Nuva.
2: Nuva ring. You keep them in the fridge.
0: (laughs) What if you eat it? Then you're gone too deep. (laughs) (laughs) I love when I gross Mikey out. Anyway. The bee
2: that we're kind of seeing in the shot is on the wrong side of the mirror. So we cut to Anthony's studio and he sees a bee and he goes to touch it and it is on the wrong side of the mirror. Yeah. But he's drinking, so he doesn't think anything of it.
0: Right. And he's also not where they are. Like The right. reason he sees that bee is because a murder is happening, but it's yeah. not in the room he's in. He's seeing it through the reflection, which I thought was Really, really cool and really, really cool foreshadowing and great foreshadowing of what is about to happen in the murder.
2: And he's just drawing eyes. Yes. As if he could see, but he can't, which is really interesting. We cut back to the gallery and the intern's the first to go. Her throat gets sliced, blood spurts
0: everywhere. I I love Clive's reaction to this because he's like, is this this real? real?" (laughs) Like, what is happening right now? That's probably how I would react because- of you know her saying Candyman five times I was like is this some really fucked up prank my friend Mikey told you to pull on me <laughs> this is not appropriate
2: right and he as he's kind of holding her on the ground looks up and he sees Candyman in the reflection of another piece yeah as Candyman rips through the screen in the reflection that was so cool this scene is so tense though and like the gore Is
0: effective.
2: Dude, the gore in this movie does not play. This movie has mad gore. That's the part
1: that's the only part that freaked me out
0: was the the body heart. Oh man, it got me too, Mikey.
2: So he tries to unclip his pants from her pants. (laughs) Gotta go. Gotta move fast. Gotta move faster. I love I loved that. And he finally gets it unclipped and runs, but the doors are locked. Yeah. Just as a hook pierces through his Achilles tendon and drags him back through the gallery.
1: So Clyde have got cleaved.
0: Yes. Oh Mikey, let me guess. You wrote that joke. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Cleft in twain.
2: He sees Candyman in the reflection. Candyman lifts him up, strangling him yeah. and then murders him. Meanwhile Anthony is still painting. Uh, we cut to the next day. Brianna goes into the gallery and there's kind of in the back of the gallery. So she walks into the office and doesn't really see any of it. She,
0: she does walk past some blood, but she's like really into her phone, whatever she was doing on her yeah. phone, which I would totally miss that, too. If I was like into whatever's going on in the Facebook group on my phone, I would yeah. miss a blood spot and a shoe on the floor.
2: Yeah. And we cut back to Anthony painting and his his hand has gotten fucking gross already
0: he should have gone to the hospital a day ago like yeah that beast thing is messing him up it got so bad i
1: almost forgot he got stung by a bee in the beginning and i was like w- is it gonna explain how he got these bad burns on his arm <laughs> like,
0: i forgot <laughs> that it
1: had grown from the bee thing i was like no 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 he got stung by a bee and it's going everywhere i hated it but
0: it does react like a burn which i thought was super interesting because of the way candyman and like the bonfire at cabrini yeah Green yeah yeah was sort of in the mix i, I like that it looked like a burn but
2: then towards the end when it's it's the trypophobia
0: nightmare It's it's like a honeycomb. Yes, it does sort of become a honeycomb. Yeah, that does not bother me as much as it bothers you. And I wonder if that is partially why you don't like spiders and why they don't really bother me as much.
1: It's something about bugs growing in your skin.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Flies
1: and shit like that. Uh, I don't like that.
2: I don't like that. But also for spiders, for me, it's the legs. I have a specific fear of spiders Uh,
1: dropping down onto me. Okay. Yeah, the only time I want eight legs dropping down onto me
0: is when there's four women attached. 100%. <laughs> I fucking knew it, Conjoined Mikey. the result of an evil experiment, the spider women. <laughs> no! Four women, one vagina. How
2: many mouths? Four. All well, okay then. <laughs> you still only got one dick, so it doesn't matter.
1: I want the rest of you to sing while I do this. <laughs> <laughs> Four-part harmony. Three-part harmony.
0: Sorry. Don't you want
3: me, baby? <laughs> Don't you
0: want me? Oh, oh good. Uh. my kid can't finish unless he's listening to the human league it's just the way it is
2: i was working as a waitress
0: in a A cocktail cocktail bar we cut back to the gallery
2: brianna walks out of the office and she sees a shoe just laying there yeah and then she sees the blood trail and follows it to the back of the gallery
0: never follow a blood trail just don't do it call the cops and run away or just run away I don't care if you call the cops, but like, just get away from a blood trail. It could also be paint, but still, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, they are in an art gallery. Like, it could be part of an exhibit, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, she owns it, so she's gonna know pretty quickly. Well, I think her boss, Clive, owned it. But you're right, and she was just at that gallery the night before, and knows there wasn't an exhibit like that. But I'm just saying in general, it could be a <laughs> whatever.
2: We cut back to the apartment where they're watching the news, and the news says the bodies were discovered in front of a piece called Say My Name, which is Anthony's piece.
0: Well, they even say his name, and he's like, hey, that's a good publicity for me. All right. Like He's super jazzed about it. I thought that was hilarious. He says-
2: it's cool to be mentioned i guess and they're just like that's what you took from this and they just like <laughs> stomp away it's great
0: there's no <laughs> such thing as bad publicity page
2: <laughs> well he he finishes with like obviously it's
0: awful but <laughs> well but he has to yell that because they've walked away from him yeah.
1: <laughs> as you would i mean yeah no I, absolutely. honestly he got to an argument in front of with him before the night of his murder he should have been interviewed oh i bet he probably would have been Right. Literally,
2: this movie takes place over like two days. I honestly think they just. Oh, is that what it is? Is that why I. Okay. Okay. I think they just didn't
0: get to him yet. Yeah. But a bunch of people get murdered sort of in a similar way. So the cops are like overwhelmed with just processing bodies and trying to like figure out how they died, that sort of stuff. You could see Brianna look at him like maybe he killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the end, we find out they've been looking for him. Yeah.
2: Specifically. So like they. Clearly he was on a list of suspects. We just have not gotten there yet.
0: Honestly, the best thing that happened for him was those four girls in the bathroom died because he had nothing (laughs) to do with those girls. Okay, Mikey, that's fair. That sounded bad. I just thought from from an alibi standpoint. Yes, from an alibi standpoint. The fact that they died in a very similar way to the uh, the first three people, but mm-hmm. were not at all related to him.
1: Yeah. And Allie did go by in that bathroom.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And her three friends. So we cut to a dream sequence where Brianna is essentially flashing back and forth between the gallery and finding the bodies. Yeah. And her father's studio, where he's sitting in the window Again, dressed like Candyman, because this is her Candyman. And he says, I bet you didn't know your daddy could fly, did you? And then he jumps out the window. Yeah. And she wakes up, clearly a nightmare. Anthony is gone. And she sees Candyman in the mirror and the doorway. Now, it's not Sherman. She does not see Sherman. It looks more like her father. It's not exact, because again... That's her Candyman.
0: That is her version of it. Right. Yeah. Which is why I love at the end of this movie, we get Tony Todd as Candyman because that is our version of Candyman. If you've seen the original Candyman. Right. Like I love that that's really the only time you ever see him.
2: Right. So she wakes up again because it's a dream within a dream yeah and anthony's still gone but she sees him in the bathroom just staring into the mirror and she calls his name he wakes up and he says i had a bad dream and she said me too what was it and he's like what and ends up just kind of ushering her back out of the bathroom
0: (laughs) well he much like mikey when someone asks him a question he doesn't want to answer he's like hey um we can talk all about this but i really gotta shit yeah Yeah, i gotta i gotta poop so let me just close this door on you and i like how like when the door closes you hear her go, Anthony. <laughs> what's going
1: on? <laughs> Your cooking is what's going on, Brianna. <laughs> so geez.
2: So we cut to the next day where he goes to the library and retrieves Helen's research from the first movie,
0: like and the tape recorder we saw her talking into, it. like all of that. I thought it was awesome that they included that.
1: And the award for worst librarian <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yeah. Oh no,
0: I think you mean the award for thirstiest librarian of all time. <laughs> yes, and I get that he's a handsome man, but she was laying it. On thick Yeah So are you like a student Or can so, we straight up <laughs> What's going on uh,
2: But so he Puts in the headphones And listens to Helen's notes On the history of violence In Cabrini Green Yeah And this is Partially from the original movie A lot of these recordings Are taken from the original I
0: thought they were They sounded very familiar At least
2: And she talks about How violence became a ritual And there's A, a persistent fear Of the police And so The Candyman becomes The reason for all the violence and a way to explain what's going on. And that's where the summoning game comes from. Yeah. She calls it a survival tool to protect them from real world violence. And she says that she and Bernadette tried the summoning game. And of course, Bernadette gets murdered in that first film. Yeah. So he enters the elevator. His hand is extra gross. He's got it bandaged, but it is clearly getting worse. So the elevator is completely mirrored and it stops And so he calls the emergency call button. Yeah. No one answers. And a candy, a piece of candy, drops onto the floor out of nowhere. This
0: scared me. And if I was in that elevator and that happened, I would have lost my freaking mind. I would have been screaming and banging on the doors. It would have scared the crap out of me. See, I would have been like. Are we in the Wonka Vader? (laughs) (laughs) If I eat this, am I going to turn into a blueberry?
2: It's an everlasting gobstopper. (laughs) (laughs) So he bends down to grab the piece of candy, and it cuts him because there's a razor blade in it. Yeah. Meanwhile, blood drips from both his hand and the ceiling, and he looks up to see his reflection as Sherman's upside-down dead body. It cuts to dark. We hear the sounds of him... I assume I assume scrambling in the elevator to be like, how do I get out? Yeah. The lights come back on. The elevator opens to a bunch of students looking at him confused. He gathers his stuff and leaves. Now, at this point, I think this was in his mind. I think yeah. at a certain point, a lot of the Candyman things that he is seeing, he is the only one seeing them.
0: Oh, I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't think he's the one committing the murders. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think Candyman is committing the murders. I Absolutely. think he eventually becomes Candyman for reasons we can talk about. But I think he is just sort of having... All of these things happen in his own mind. Right.
2: So he goes home to paint and he's listening to, and it's talking about the story of Ruthie, where a man came through her medicine cabinet and she called 911. Yeah. So that's one of the names of the people from the original case.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. I think it's also featured in the film as well. It is. I remember that from the original. Yeah. I think that's the one that actually gets Helen to go to Cabrini Green. I might be wrong about that though.
2: Uh So uh his hand is... Extremely gross At this point Yeah He answers his phone And we don't know Who it is yet We will momentarily But he immediately Comes downstairs And
0: tells Brianna That he's going out And she's like Hey we have that dinner tonight Yeah don't be late There's an art Art guy from New York Is coming over And he specifically Wants to meet us Right Don't mess this up Yeah please don't Fuck it up
1: Yeah, which I like when a significant other like really set the term of the importance level of not fucking things up at the time. You know,
2: like ahead of time, like, hey, this is going on. Please don't screw it up instead of just Uh
1: like this is ultra important.
2: (laughs) I mean, if something's ultra important, you should tell people ahead of time.
0: From a narrative Mm -hmm. standpoint, when I'm watching a movie, I do like when one character explains the stakes of something because then I know if it's important that that person be there or not. So, yeah, I sort of agree. So we cut to he goes to the art critics house. Yeah, the art critic from the show That was sort of a douche to him Yeah, and she has
2: changed her tune Where now she's kind of into the art And wants to talk to him about it Because she's fickle
0: like the wind Well, because it's been on the news And people are talking about it So now, of course, she saw the genius all along Right Because art criticry is made up on the spot Exactly <laughs> It is a front for money laundering And pretentious people I want to be an art critic Mikey, take this the wrong way You'd be great at it <laughs> <laughs>
2: so he talks about how he wants to expand the work into a series and do a solo show yeah and he kind of confronts her of like i'm surprised that you're kind of taking this positively because i feel like you didn't get it the first time and she was like no i get it and he was like artist gentrifies the hood like what do you think makes the hood the city cuts off the community and waits for it to die and then says hey artist preferably white or only white come to the hood and stick it out in a few years and we'll build you a whole foods. Yeah. And he says to really get the work, you should say his name and she's clearly uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. She pulls a mic and is like, Hey, I got a shit. Yeah. She says, I need to use the bathroom. (laughs) And he
2: says, that's as good a time as any. I dare you. Yeah. Basically, I dare you to say Candyman the bathroom. Now, we cut to her in the bathroom staring into the mirror, and it doesn't say whether she does it or not. I think she does. I think she does, too, because she
0: gets killed here.
2: Yes. Meanwhile, we cut to his girlfriend on the train, clearly dressed nice, but clearly concerned about the dinner they're about to go to.
0: Yeah, well, she's alone. She's probably worried that he's not going to show up. And not going to make it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we cut to him sitting and waiting for her in the bathroom. She's clearly been a while, and he's picking at his hand and pulls up the scab. Oh. And it's bleeding He looks yeah. around The only thing he finds Is a cocktail napkin And it's a fabric Cocktail napkin Which when I worked At Sir La Taube, We sold fabric Cocktail napkins And I was like This is the most Superfluous dumb shit I've ever seen Like, <laughs> Like I get fabric Napkins for a nice dinner But to have fabric Cocktail napkins At your bar I was just like why would you do this?
1: Oh, that's ridiculous!
0: Cocktail napkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's what it is. It's a fabric cocktail napkin. I too know what a cocktail napkin is, and <laughs> could tell the difference between that and a regular napkin.
1: Oh, thank God! I was like, I was
0: like, man, I'm an idiot. No, I don't. I have no idea what it is.
2: Uh, cocktail napkins are the small square ones, which when you have a fabric one, it's they're different <laughs> shapes. I just
1: thought it's a napkin with like one more fold. No. Like a smaller square.
2: It, it, it is a smaller square, but they're, they're smaller in general. Welcome
1: back to Paige teaches two morons
0: etiquette.
2: So he wraps it around his hand and he goes looking for her because she's been gone a long time.
0: Yeah. He's like, she must be really losing it in there. Yeah. Which I'm not going to go into a stranger's house and be like, hey, are you alive in the bathroom? Like, if they've been gone for a really long time. I would honestly look in the trash for Taco Bell wrappers. I mean, like, you've got to confirm why it's been a while. Yeah, no, I mean- if it's been like half an hour, maybe. Oh, I'm just but leaving. I mean, I'm just going to
1: leave. But like 15 <laughs> minutes is like a good poop time.
0: Wow, really? It takes you 15 minutes to shake it loose?
1: Sometimes you just get on your you have to get on your phone and mess with it for a while. Oh, yeah.
0: I have been like into a game or reading an article and have been on the bathroom so long. I had trouble standing up because I had pins and needles going on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like that happens. I get it. But I don't think she was in there like reading an article about something or other. Right. She was in there saying Candyman.
2: Yeah. And he, as he goes and looks for her, sees a mirror in the hallway. And again, he sees bees on the wrong side of the mirror.
0: Yeah. And if you look in the reflection and you see the bathroom door, it is a hook. Yes. That was Ah. so cool. I was like, whoever did set deck on this or whoever's idea that was, sometimes that's the set deck. Sometimes it's straight up director, but whoever's idea that was, I was like, I like this. I am into this. Yep. Uh, He lifts his
2: bandaged hand and realizes that in the reflection, he is Candyman. Yeah. And that's a hook. That's a hook hand. Mm -hmm. She emerges from the bathroom and he sees Candyman in the bathroom mirror. And he says, I got to go and quickly leaves the house. Yeah. No sooner has he left that she is lifted by an unseen force and dragged across the window in the same pattern as his paintbrush.
0: Yeah. Well, and also the same pattern as the slice of the video screen. Yep. So you Mm -hmm. see it in a few different places. Yeah, I noticed that. I did like the second that he sees Candyman behind her. He's like, oh, she's about to die. I'm alone with her in her apartment. I have to leave and establish an alibi immediately. Immediately. I literally would have left the apartment and called Mikey immediately. Yeah. I'm not going to be your alibi. Mikey, you you definitely are. <laughs>
2: Regardless, he makes it to dinner and he's picking at his hand. And somebody at the oh, dinner notices part. and is like... "Are." maybe you should mess with that it doesn't look good and he was like
0: i'm gonna have it amputated and then we can all have a bite
2: yeah yummy ah! finger food
0: finger foods yes oh, i can't <laughs> believe both of you guys revealed yourself as fine young cannibals last episode
2: just late latent cannibals Ugh. what's his name again army hammer
0: no the, the, the main character
2: oh the main character anthony
1: anthony, <laughs> anthony.
2: Paige, yeah. that was so well I, I done. legitimately thought you were asking. <laughs> All right, everybody
0: loves anyway. Friday Anthony Fingers. as a good appetizer. Oh, I'm out.
2: Call me Tony Fingers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, what if you, Todd, dipped him in old, old Charlie's Honey Mustard?
0: No. Gross. I'm not going to eat people meat unless... <laughs> Like Paige said With her style of cannibalism Was If I have to To survive Like I would do that That makes sense to me But if I'm just like Hey I have to have my leg Amputated for whatever reason I'm not gonna eat it No I'm not doing that
2: I mean if you're not gonna use no. it It's not like they Paige. could put that
0: leg On a different person No That is gross But limb is not good meat
2: Unless you have to eat it
0: Ugh Paige's over here eating <laughs> ass You know what I'm saying <laughs> Got them cheeks A rump roast my friend yeah. yeah A Boston butt
2: A little bit of pork butt <laughs> 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 and honestly, guys, if you're into it, eat ask. With a fork. Manners.
1: Smoke it all day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so during this dinner, we find out that Brianna, his girlfriend, is actually a very accomplished curator, and she is in demand for museum shows and to connect with some of these higher profile art people.
1: Yes. And this guy came from New York to this small town and was like, I never come to this quaint city. Do
0: you guys even have <laughs> shellfish? I don't know. <laughs> I did not think that was really funny because I do think that's the way people in New York look at Chicago.
1: I laughed so fucking hard throughout the whole He's like, I never get out this way to this quaint town. And I'm like, me either.
0: Chicago. I love Chicago. It's a beautiful architecturally significant area. That, I love it true. a lot. It's very beautiful. And a lot of that architecture is on display in this movie.
2: Yep. You know what's missing from this movie, though? Pizza casseroles. And Garrett's <laughs>
0: popcorn. Garrett's popcorn is amazing. It literally is one of my favorite reasons to go to Chicago. Is the popcorn? Oh, the popcorn is great. Is it even fresh, though? They don't have an ocean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not popcorn <laughs>
0: shrimp, page. They don't even have cornfields <laughs> close to <laughs> Chicago. <sighs> but, Paige, I did get the vibe that she was an up and coming curator, sure, but they were interested in her because the art that they showed was involved in a double murder and it was yep. all over the news and they were trying to take advantage of that and we get what I think is evidence of that when she goes to their museum later on.
2: Yes, absolutely. But we can
0: talk about that then. I just didn't like when they tried to rename Anthony in his murder art
1: a- ansky Ansky.
0: <laughs> God, Are you trying to combine Anthony and Banksy? Van Gogh, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could cut my ears off so I didn't have to hear that joke. <laughs> (laughs) We got to
2: get back to this Nope Uh, So while they're at the table They all get a text that that art critic was found dead And her husband is a suspect Because he found the body
0: And I do love that he immediately is like I got to go. Which I would assume that you murdered that person. Like Absolutely. if I was in a dinner with all of my friends and they were like, hey, this person who we also know who didn't like something that you did creatively just showed up murdered. And then I was like, oh, shit. Oh, I got to go. I got to get out of here. You would 100% be like, oh, Todd straight up murdered that person.
2: Uh, I had a very, I mean, not that I murdered this person, but when I was in- <laughs>
0: Sure, sure, Paige. We believe you. Wenger, Re- <laughs> Recently,
2: uh, a group of comedians tragically died from ingesting fentanyl. Oh, Jesus. And I was at a show when they found the bodies, oh, and no. we were all sitting around the table in the green room, and it was this exact thing of, like, everyone's phones buzzed, and everyone just kind of picked them up, and we're like, oh, no, but you're realizing everyone's getting the same text at the same time?
0: It was yeah. very odd. This is yes. why the Sackler family should spend the rest of their lives in jail. This is why, if you're
2: going to do drugs,
0: test your drugs. Just say.
1: Yeah, don't fuck with
0: fentanyl. It'll kill you. Yeah, it will
2: kill you.
1: Yeah. It's not just in heroin. It's also in pills you buy off the street and everything else. No, and it is. marijuana. Well, then, yeah.
2: in this particular case, it was cocaine.
1: Yeah, get it all tested. They're cutting it and everything.
2: Meanwhile, Anthony leaves. The dinner and goes to The laundromat and this is where he Has the conversation with Burke of like What is happening and this is where Burke says Candyman is the whole Damn hive and he Lists off multiple People that ostensibly Within the story are Candyman and they Are people who've been murdered by the police In Cabrini Green and we do get A flash of the work that Anthony's been Doing where he has been painting these People and I do think As horrifying as those paintings are because they are meant to be of unsettling. Yeah. They're very cool looking. They
1: are. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. They're, they're good they're, paintings. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: But Brianna comes home and finds his work in the
0: studio.
1: And it makes her angsty.
0: Oh, wow, Mikey. You really are trying to make sure I have that Banksy joke in the podcast. <laughs> you keep referencing it. Which I don't know why you'd want me to include a joke that did not land. But listen, I'll do it for you, Mikey. For you, I'll keep it in. Bad jokes set up better
2: jokes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you want to frame it that way, sure. But
1: that's how I reframe him.
2: <laughs> anyway, as as Burke is talking to him, he lists out the multiple Candyman and he tells him about the Tony Todd version of Candyman from the 1890s, yeah. which is the story from the first movie. And again, we get the cool puppet motif, which I think I really like whenever they use it in yeah. this movie. Burke touches on something really interesting in this conversation where he says they love what we make, but not us. Yeah. Talking about how OG Candyman, air quotes was an artist. Um, and again, it's the story that we've heard in the previous Candyman. He is hired to paint a white woman. They fall in love. She gets pregnant. Her dad hunts him down and tortures and kills him, including cutting off his painting hand and replacing it with a hook. Yeah. But he, as he finishes telling the story, he says a story like that pain like that lasts forever. That's Candyman. And he says, so Candyman's real. And he says, well, they were all real people. Candyman is how we deal with the fact that these things happen and continue to happen. And he tells Anthony to go home and get some rest So he can feel better in the morning We cut to him coming back to the Studio where he encounters Brianna Looking at the paintings
0: And he's like trying to like cover up the paintings like you can't look at these Don't look at these and she's like we are way past Your sensitive artist bullshit Stuff and he's like uh I mean I think I don't want to tell you this because it Sounds crazy but I think I brought Candyman back And she's like what? Yeah he does Also mention Burke from the
2: laundromat And yes. basically like Burke from the laundromat Told me about it and she's like What are you talking about? Candyman isn't real. I'll show you. And she starts to summon him in the mirror. And Anthony shatters all the mirrors in the studio,
0: which obviously scares her. It would scare me. Any sort of outburst of violence when someone's acting erratically is super scary.
1: Yes. Yeah. Think about the amount of bad luck he has.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's at least like 14 or 21 years. Yeah, exactly. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So
2: she leaves and says, don't follow me. And she goes to her brother's house. Yeah. Who then we know... Her brother didn't super like Anthony most of the time, Uh, but I do like that in this scene he refers to him as Art Ogre. (laughs) I I was like,
0: that's (laughs) such a ridiculous thing to say about somebody. I I love that he throws Grady under the bus. He's like, don't worry, if he shows up, Grady, his boyfriend, will take care of him. We'll beat his ass or whatever. Grady is shorter than he is, right? Right, right. they're both shorter than Anthony. (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. There's no way one of them could take Anthony. Maybe both of them together, but not one of them. I thought it was funny.
2: Uh, One of my favorite things ever is when he says there ain't a dick on the planet good enough to offset a demonology hobby. And I thought that was hilarious. I live by that rule as well. (laughs) Like, yes. (laughs) Brady goes to bed. And so Troy and Brianna have a chance to talk about the fact that their mom wants to close out the storage unit. So they have to figure out what they're going to do with her dad's paintings. And yeah. Troy kind of wants to do a show of those paintings. And she doesn't want them in her house. She doesn't want to interact with them at all. And she says, I'm not doing a show of the thing that killed him. Yeah. And so we find that this is like a, a thing for her. This is her Candyman. This is her battle she's got. And Troy says to her, you can stay as long as you want, as long as you don't summon Candyman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we, and, and she says, who would do that? Interesting thing about that scene, between the two of them, they say Candyman Five times Do they really Yeah I was counting Because I was afraid He was gonna show up Like that's how nervous (laughs) This movie made me I was legitimately Trying to like Predict when he was Gonna show up Because it like Calms me down a little bit And I was like okay He said it three times She said it twice I'm literally like Trying to figure out Where he's gonna pop up But because what They didn't say it together Five times Like neither of them Said it five times He doesn't show up But in the scene It's said five times
2: Right because as we Find out in the next scene Where we cut to that High school bathroom
0: Yeah we learn the rules A little bit more We learn
2: the rules a little bit more. Where collectively they say it five times, and they have to say it together five times. And I do like that they get through three of them, and one girl is like, "Not today," and leaves. And you know, because the
0: windows blow open or whatever, she's like, "Not today, Satan!" And she like runs out. I love that. (laughs) And she fucking lives. So good for her.
2: That would have been me. And as they're saying one of the last ones, Trina comes
0: in who's another student yeah
2: and she clearly i think is bullied because uh, they treat her pretty badly
0: i think she has just been bullied because she seems like she's being affected by something Yeah, although she's new in the scene so we have no idea what's going on but she like puts her headphones on and is in the bathroom but not using the bathroom i, f- I felt like she had just been bullied and she went in there to hide out yeah and they kind of mess with her a little bit too but as they
2: go to leave the bathroom, they realize that they can't get out of the bathroom,
0: right. The four girls that remain that said Candyman five times, yeah,
2: right. One of them has a compact mirror, and she notices be'es in her reflection. Another one of them forgot their vape. And so they run over. And the girl with the compact mirror is like, "I don't think you should too late." They duck under the stalls to kind of look over by the sink. And it's literally the vape and then sheets of blood. Oh,
1: it's so much blood. Well, vaping is bad for you.
2: It is. I don't know if they're going to put that on, like, little vape cartridges, but maybe they could, Mm -hmm, like,
1: mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: you know, smoking has a higher risk of encountering Candyman. Um, (laughs) Anyway, the girl who was holding the compact gets killed, drops the compact, and in the mirror of the compact, we see Candyman floating and killing the other girls.
0: Yeah, I did. The floating thing was new, at least for me, because I don't think he does that in the first movie. And, man, I thought that was a cool inclusion, but scary. I think...
1: I think he does float a little bit I think
0: like towards the end I think he floats a little bit I didn't remember that if he does And you may be right It's been two years since I've seen it But man I thought that was cool But freaky imagery Because as you say Paige You don't fuck with anything that floats Don't fuck with
1: anything that floats You know what they say about Candyman Is that he flies like a butterfly Stings like a bee Stings like a
0: bee (laughs) Uh Floats like a butterfly Stings like a bee Stings like a bee Motherfucker
2: (laughs) So we cut to Anthony's studio He wakes up and he has glass shards from the mirror in his hand. Yeah. And his whole arm is busted. Yeah. And this is where his fingernail comes off.
1: Oh. I hate oh. this.
2: I was like
0: shaking. Oh, it's so gross. I hated this so much. So,
2: meanwhile, we cut to the museum where his girlfriend, Brianna, is talking to the curator. Yeah. And they're complimenting her, talking about her curation style. And then they shift it to like, okay, cool, but what about those murder paintings, essentially? (laughs) Yeah. We cut to Anthony in the hospital, where on the news we hear about the mass murder at Golan College Prep, which is where the girls were. But we also find out that Say My Name was written in victim's blood on the wall.
1: Yeah. And they were just like, we think it's Destiny's Child related.
2: <laughs> the Destiny's Child murders. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that if no one was around her, she did not say I love you. And she was, in fact, running game.
0: Yeah. It's real hard to make jokes about this movie. <laughs> but you found a way, Mikey, and for that, I thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the nurse comes in and has Anthony's file and says, Oh, I, I see that you were here, born here in this hospital. And he's like, no, I was born on the south side. And she's like... No, like we have your birth certificate it says right here. Yeah. Uh, but we need to admit you immediately. And he walks out of the hospital. So he dodges. He doesn't let them admit him. Right.
1: See, if you would have got his candymanitis treated none of this would have happened.
2: <laughs> I don't know that they could have treated it. I mean, like, I, I think it's psychosomatic, maybe. Yeah and but also necrotic like are they gonna have to take the arm i don't know
0: i mean someone does take the arm later so yes yeah.
2: true we cut to anthony goes to an apartment it turns out that it is his mom's apartment and she is like yo what is up with your hand <laughs> like and
0: everything else <laughs> and your face because you can see it on his face now yeah it's starting to like creep uh, up his neck hate- yeah but this is where we get his real origin story right and She confirms that he was the baby that Helen saved out of the bonfire
2: And that he was born in Cabrini And lived there the first two years Yeah But this is also You'll notice he says Candyman And she's like We don't say his
0: name Oh I loved it She was like shh we don't say his name. Her yeah. acting was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that felt very like the way a mother would folk like refocus a child. Yeah. Well, you see
2: what I would say is visceral fear, fear on her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's barely in this and she is amazing. And this is yeah. the same actress from the first movie.
0: Really? Okay, that's awesome.
2: Wow. Okay. And she basically is like, I lied to protect you. I didn't want, like when you first got taken i thought she was the one who did it but then i don't think it was her i think it was him and he had a purpose for you but you escaped the fire and we never said his name but somebody broke the pact and i'm sorry Yeah So we cut to He leaves We cut to Cabrini Green And he stands in the middle Of the area Where he was taking photographs Earlier in the movie And he sees the lights Flicker in one of the apartments And he follows it It's the apartment He went into The first time So meanwhile Brianna and Troy Go back to the apartment To get her stuff He's not there And this is where Troy does the like We will be leaving With her things
0: (laughs) It's so funny He's so great But he's not there He's not there So he missed the great joke I know
2: Uh, But Brianna's (laughs) concerned because she's like he's i don't think he's necessarily in the right frame of mind but he's not here and she notices the pen on the counter for burke's laundromat so she goes to the laundromat
0: well because he's mentioned burke multiple times she would have context to know that that's probably the burke who told anthony about Candyman.
2: right and she goes to the laundromat and i think it's really interesting to note that the buildings on either side of the laundromat are gentrified
0: yeah i
3: saw yeah, that already
2: too. yes yeah she goes to the back office of the laundromat the doors open no answer and there's only one person in the laundromat as a customer and it is a white woman with airpods in like very specifically it was like it is a gentrifier they are about to gentrify this laundromat <laughs> Yeah So she goes into the office Because the door is open She finds Anthony's hat She turns around And the door is now locked Burke grabs her from behind We cut to a flashback from Burke Where he is outside the bathroom As his brother summoned Candyman in the mirror And as he opens the door He sees that they have both been murdered And Candyman is offering him candy And it is Sherman It's his Candyman Yeah We cut to the church where we hear him make a fake 911 call basically saying the same my name killer is here he has a hook he's wild he's screaming come get him and she hangs up and Burke is like great now we can do the ceremony we got a witness and Anthony is facing away from her on the stage in the church but this is where Burke has the speech of, whenever things get stained, you can wash it out, but you can still feel where the stain used to be. Yeah. This neighborhood got caught in a loop. It got stained over and over. And he spins Anthony, and we see that that real, real rough rash slash necrosis has traveled up, and it's the whole side of his, his body,
0: yeah. essentially. With little tiny honeycomb holes. Oh, Yeah. Hardcore body horror. Yeah. That's interesting Ugh. that that bothered you. like So much. There was body horror in this scene, but that stuff didn't bother me. It's like when he's cutting his arm off, which he's literally just about to do. Like that messed with me.
1: Nope. Cut his arm off all day.
0: If yeah. he's got holes with bees in it, yep, I'm good. Gonna- yep. Yeah, cut all
1: his arms (laughs) off. Just don't show me the holes. Yeah. Yeah, cut all his arms off. I call that buffet.
0: I knew you would be okay with, you know, cutting arms off to then eat later.
2: Yeah, well, he does talk about how the baby came back in perfect symmetry for Candyman to take what's his. He puts Anthony in a Candyman coat, but it is different. It is an updated Candyman coat because each Candyman's slightly different. He cuts off the gross hand, which for a second, I was like, thank God, fewer holes. Uh, And thank God the (laughs) coat is covering them. And he says, you can really make the story your own but the specifics should be Consistent so he gives him a hook and Buckles it in
0: yeah and He oh, then man when he jams that Hook into the stump of the arm That was so So gross like that messed me up so much
2: well and he kind of tells the story of an artist who lost his mind and the cop showed up and shot him down without saying a word so he really gives a description of what we will see happen but what he expects to happen he's yeah. creating a candy man yeah he says when it's all done they'll tell his story and candy man will live Forever yeah she starts To free her hands using the pen From the laundromat because she's just Duct taped there yeah and he can Hear the sirens and says here comes The swarm are you ready for the Sacrament and he retrieves two lollipops with razor blades yeah and is about to offer for one to her when she runs yeah i love how she saves herself
0: and she is gone
2: yeah and he's chasing after her there's a really cool set of shots where he has a flashlight and she's fighting to get free yeah and we only see it in the flashes of the flashlight which is very cool it was really well done
0: This whole chase sequence Is really well done Although it's pretty short
2: Yeah She climbs out of like A cellar door And then back into A different apartment And Burke follows His mouth bleeding From the candy Yeah She retrieves a box cutter And stabs him in the face Until he is
0: dead A lot She stabs yes. him A lot Like Burke ran into Her box cutter Like 25 times Yep, <laughs> yep. I love how Anthony Who is still Anthony In this moment Because he has not been Shot by the cops yet Says I think he's dead <laughs> yeah yeah i think he i think he's dead i think your work is done here
2: and he comes close to brianna and she holds the blade at his neck but he collapses because he's clearly if the cops didn't shoot him the weird honeycomb disease was gonna kill him anyway well
0: well, and he's probably losing a lot of blood from that cut off arm yeah from a cut off
2: arm so yeah so he collapses the cops get closer and she says don't worry, they'll be here soon and they'll get you to a hospital. Yeah. And she calls for help to alert them to where she is. But they enter and shoot Anthony despite the fact that he was clearly laying unconscious in her lap. Yeah she looks at her hands they're covered in blood she puts her hands up and they arrest her yeah the detective gets in the car with her as the others go inside the apartment to basically process the scene and he says we've been looking for him
0: i think there's an important distinction here they don't arrest her they detain her
2: they do detain her that's because they
0: want to use her yes and i feel like they threaten arrest to use her
1: yeah so like the police come and they shoot a couple rounds and it cuts to the scene and she's not holding him anymore he's Over there Or is that But that's Burke That's Burke's body They shoot Anthony's body In her arms Yeah okay
2: I thought for a second She got shot I thought so too But she does not But they detain her In the car And the detective is like We've been looking for him We got a tippy bee here Do you know any reason why And she doesn't say anything And he says Whatever you tell us Can help Any cooperation is noted So if you could tell us What you saw When he charged at Jones And Jones shot him In self defense Yeah Does that sound right to you? And we've just seen what happened. We know that didn't happen. We know he was unfucking conscious Like, there's no way. I mean, he probably did not feel himself get shot because he was passed out. Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, or you're an accomplice and
0: then we're going to have to take you to jail because he died running after a cop. He even says, you're an accomplice. You held the bodies down while he murdered them. Like, he puts her not only as helping him, like after the fact, but helping him with the murders, which would, like, that's a different level. Like, aiding after yeah. the fact or aiding in a betting or whatever after the fact is less of a charge than actually being involved in the murders. And she would have gone to jail for the rest of her life if she was actually involved right. in the murders.
2: Right. And so she asks, Can I see myself in the mirror? I'll tell oh. you everything if you let me see myself. I'll I say whatever this. you want. And so he adjusts the mirror. She says, Candyman, five times. The car locks. The cops come running out of the apartment. All of their throats slit. They fire at Anthony as Candyman, and he slits their throats as they walk past.
0: Yeah, there's one There's one cop who was, like, in the room with Anthony. He comes out with his throat slit, right? Right. And the other cop who was in the other cop car gets out and starts shooting him, and right. he's Candyman at this point. Like, you're yeah. not going to be able to kill him with a gun. And he, like, walks over, picks him up, slits his throat onto the car that they're in.
1: Yeah, because he's a survivor. Yeah, he's
0: going to make it.
2: Yeah, so he then starts into his Candyman speech and says, I am the writing on the walls, just like the name of that Destiny's Child album.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then he says,
2: I am the sweet smell of blood in the street. I am the buzz that echoes. They will say that I spilled innocent blood, but you are far from innocent. And as he's walking around or floating around the car making this speech... He's a different person in every window.
0: Yeah. Ah. Yeah. He's becoming the different candy
2: men. Yes. Over yeah. time. Yes. So the cop that was in the car with her gets out and runs. She's trapped and handcuffed in the car. She gets out.
0: So the doors unlocked, and that's how the cop is able to run. He right. runs out with his gun and she is unlocked, but her hands are still cuffed, and she doesn't open her door. Her door opens for her on
2: its own. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She follows the cop's screams to an alley where Candyman disembowels him with a hook. Yeah. He then floats to face Brianna, and it is... Tony Todd through Movie Magic.
0: I was so happy it was Tony Todd. Yes. Yep. But it's his voice, though, right? I realize it's his like, voice, yeah. they aged him down, I think. but They did. It's yep. like the voice you remember from the original Candyman.
2: And he says, Tell everyone, the cops show up, and, and that's that the, the movie. movie.
0: Yeah. All right. So, having seen the movie and we talked about the movie, what do you guys think about Candyman 2021? Oh, lighthearted Fun would watch it again.
2: i really liked it i liked it a lot i thought they made interesting choices i thought it was shot beautifully i thought all the performances were great i
0: really really liked it yeah i think it's really well done i hope i never watch it again because it is scary. this movie did mess me up more than a lot of movies we've watched recently have messed me up really i didn't find the movie that scary i did love
1: all the symbolism and like trauma and like i i love that stuff i me hate too. holes in people with bees in. Yeah. Them. <laughs> but uh, I, lo- I, I i enjoyed watching it and then like me not getting scared of this movie i was just like man maybe i am dead inside because i was like i was so excited to watch a movie i hadn't seen before that you know was supposed to be scary and
2: i i think i was distracted by really enjoying the metaphor and kind of how they were playing mm-hmm. with the character of Candyman that it lessened the scare for me a little bit but that body horror man yeah oh. I got a strong stomach for gore. Oh, like, I, too. <laughs> I I watch
0: hostile without flinching and I got no issues, but this. Mm. Yeah. The body horror in this really got me and it wasn't the holes. It was the other, just the regular gore, but man, I, I really love the metaphor of this. I think it's a great movie. I think people should go see it. I'm glad we did this at the end of the month instead of right when it came out. So we could like give people time to see it and all of that. But I don't ever want to watch it again. Cause it's, it was scary for me. Yeah.
1: I kind of want to do the sequels with Tony Todd just because I like Tony Todd a
0: lot. Man, I love Tony Todd. I I was really happy to see him in this movie because to me, he is Candyman. Yeah. And I feel like showing him at the end of this movie perfectly plays into the metaphor that this movie is trying to convey. Yeah. It's really well done and really well thought out, very intentional, and I appreciate that sort of stuff. That being said, don't ever want to watch the movie again because it scared the <laughs> shit out of me.
2: I, I really enjoyed it on a rewatch. You catch some tiny stuff that they put throughout. Uh, yeah. So I think it really holds up on a rewatch as well because I've watched it twice now. Well, do
0: you have some fun facts for us, Paige? I have
2: very few, but I have some because it's still new. Well, hit it is with few fun facts. even fun facts. facts. <laughs> they actually did shoot this at cabrina green however since Candyman 1992 was filmed they had torn down the high rises so that's why it factors
0: into part of the story oh, that makes sense yeah
2: but the row houses which are the small the shorter apartments those still exist
0: well and those are the ones that they show i mean they're boarded up yeah. and mm-hmm.
2: so uh the opening credits of the original Candyman featured footage of chicago filmed from above In this version, the credits featured moving footage from the city filmed below. So Uh, interesting It is perfectly the reflection The film is a direct sequel to the original Candyman And completely ignores the events of sequels that follows They decided to do it that way following Halloween 2018 Which is a direct sequel to Halloween 1978 And also ignore the events of sequels to the original So they kind of saw how well that did And then kind of chose to take the same tactic here
0: I mean that's a great idea I really think Halloween the franchise Has missed a great opportunity to provide a sequel to the best halloween halloween three so i'm holding out for that we just got to write it todd i'm on board i feel like mikey's <laughs> gonna have to be involved because no one gets into the head of tom atkins character <laughs> yeah, more yeah. than i think mikey so it's gonna have to be a communal effort
1: here
2: i mean we just got to remember that we have to include the magic of stonehenge so <laughs> i just i
1: want to play tom atkins no i want to play the villain where like i take a piece of stonehenge and put it in people's mouths and shut their mouth and they die
2: well, this thing just wrote itself. Anyway, <laughs> so the crew, while making this movie, actually had a bee problem. <laughs> During filming on location, they had to have beekeepers come out and relocate bees because there was a bee infestation in some of the old buildings where they filmed.
0: Oh, man. I realize that's not uncommon in like condemned buildings, but I would be like, guys, we shouldn't be here. The bees are telling us we shouldn't be here. Yep. So (laughs) this film, when
2: it came out, out at number one, which made Nia DaCosta the first black female director to be... The number one on an opening weekend. So she has a box office record.
0: I can't believe yeah. that it took till 2021, but I'm yep. so glad that she yeah. crushed that that glass ceiling or whatever you'd call that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh the film uses the same foley sound, both of Helen's recordings, but also of the crying baby from the original film. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Now Burke, the character of Burke, is seen reading a copy of the book Weave World by Clive Barker. That's a reference, obviously, to Clive Barker's story, The Forbidden, which is the basis for the original Candyman. Um, As I mentioned, this is the first Candyman to have a black protagonist and also running at only 91 minutes. This is the shortest Candyman film to be released. And I think it's better for it. I think this film is paced
0: great. It, It is. And maybe that's just because we came off the people under the stairs and that movie has some pacing problems. But this movie was like chef's kiss. On every level, and pacing was one of those levels.
2: Yes. It's also the first Candyman film without Clive Barker's involvement. That makes sense. Yeah, but it is also the first film in the series to feature openly gay characters and an interracial gay couple. Uh, Clive Barker is openly gay, and at one point, he and his partner were basically his uh, photographer, David Armstrong. So, like, they had kind of a working art partnership. That's awesome. This is the first Candyman to be shot digitally. Every other Candyman was shot on thirty-five.
0: I mean that makes sense just from the time period, right? Like, yep.
2: And uh, Tony Todd and Vanessa Williams, who plays Anthony's mother, are the only cast members from the original Candyman trilogy to return for this. So Virginia Madsen also returned to re-record portions of her dialogue. Yeah. Um, oh. just voiceover as Helen. Yeah. Uh, and originally Helen was intended to have a larger role in the film, but that concept was shelved eventually. Now every Victim in this movie is white, with the exception of the character of Burke's brother and sister earlier in the film. But prior to becoming Candyman, Anthony McCoy's full name is spoken five times only in the film leading up to that
0: moment. I love that fact. That's amazing. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those awesome fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So, what do you think the budget? for Candyman was
2: um i think this was expensive i
1: don't i'm gonna say 15
2: no yeah i think you're about right probably because i think it looks probably more expensive than it is and it's probably i'm gonna say 12 i'm gonna give it a lee one l and say 12
0: all right the budget for this movie was 25 million dollars Which still looks good for 25 It does but it was 25 million dollars So it came out August 27th 2021 So just a few weeks ago And as you mentioned Paige it was number one the weekend it came out What do you think it made that first weekend it came out
2: I think we probably have to account for some smaller numbers Because it is still COVID Yeah, Like the theater was almost empty when we saw it And we saw it maybe a week or two after Okay, I'm going to say opening weekend it made 6 million
0: all right, Mikey, what do you think? I'm gonna say more. I'm gonna say like
1: 15.
0: Mikey, you're closer. It was 22 million dollars. Literally just over 22. It was 22 million one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars in its opening weekend, which is nice. great. Uh, it beat Free Guy. That is a great movie. I've seen it. It's been out for three weeks at this point, though. Uh, Paw Patrol was number three. Jungle Cruise was number four, and Don't Breathe two was number five that weekend. It went on in the next weekend to be the number two movie that weekend and then has been number four every weekend since then. We have not gotten further out from that, so that's as far as I can give you as far as box office, but where do you think it stands right now, domestic box office, so far? And again, if you're listening to this like in a month and 3 months and a year and 5 years these numbers are not its total box office okay i'm going to say it's made 45 now all right mikey you want to guess 38 it has made 53.1 million dollars domestically for you, candy Good man for- Yeah, and it's made 14.8 internationally for a total of 67, almost 68. It literally is $67.999 million. Wow. And it's still in theater, so it's going to be more than that. I mean, it's not going to be hundreds of millions, but I would project it'll top out for worldwide, probably around ninety-five, hundred million dollars. Would yeah. be my guess. I would not be surprised if we got a sequel out of this with that. to, to making close to hundred million off twenty five, that's a good return on investment. Yeah, absolutely. But that is your box office. Mikey, let's hit him with that scary scale.
1: Scary scale listeners is a scale of one to ten of how scary we found the film. and we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's not a scale of quality, but a scale of scary. Hence the name. This <laughs> Paige, what are you going to give it?
2: Uh, I would say in theaters, I would have given this a three or a four. Okay. At home last night, it was probably a one, maybe a two with the body horror.
0: Okay. I watched it at home tonight on my big TV upstairs, lights off, because the fans get mad at me when I leave the lights on and I'm I'm, I'm on my phone during the movie. So Natalie turned all the lights off and she took my phone away from me. I give this a five. Yeah, that makes sense. This was a scary movie. And I have a big TV upstairs that I'm still paying off. But like, <laughs> but it, it was scary. This movie scared me. I give it a three. Okay. Because of the body horror. Yeah. I was about to say, you really talked about how that freaked you out a if lot in this episode. I, <laughs> yeah. It's that one
1: specific type of body horror that oh. freaks me out. Ugh. Yeah.
0: So a three, Mikey? Yeah, three. And that's our scary scale. Yeah. So this week, you guys made us watch Candyman. What are we watching next week? So October is scare the shit out of Todd month. And I was trying to find something
2: that would scare both of us. I don't know if this will. What about me? I don't know if this will scare Mikey. I don't even know if it'll scare me. But I'm damn sure it's going to scare Todd. <laughs>
0: well, that's fucking great. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. We're watching Lights Out. Oh, sh- I'm okay. So people have, in the Facebook group have told me that this is specifically going to scare the shit out of me because it's a lot of jump scares, right? Yes. Yeah. Fuck! Mm-hmm. I hate It's like you. pitch black with ghosts. What about Chronicles of Riddick? <laughs> not as much as i like the ufc these are all jokes you're not going to get unless you listen to the 50 shades darker episode of romancing the pod and honestly you should it's fucking fire which no one has yet because it's not out well by this time it will be out Mikey. okay okay you just don't understand how time works no (laughs) it's It's a a flat flat circle circle. (laughs) so the 50 shades darker comes out thursday mikey this comes out the monday after that
1: what is thursday you know, oh, I hate you.
0: So your homework <laughs> is to research what day Thursday is and then watch Lights Out. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Not yet. Well, while you're looking at one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run of the podcast. And that is to leave us a five star text review and Mikey will read it. So, Mikey,
1: who's you going to read this week? I'm going to read the the mad Hamburglar.
0: <laughs> OK, I love that name. First off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and the title of the review is New Pants, Please. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have not read this review. This is a live reading. Oh no! Because I, per- I like really believe in authenticity when it comes to the
0: podcast. Sure, Mike. He's always said it. I always cut it out because he never said. But yeah, I, I al- he always says that.
1: I always say it, every time. <laughs> 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 I found this show through Cult Podcast, and I would just like oh, to nice. thank you. I usually don't leave reviews, but I just got done listening to the Madman
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs> That episode is nuts i love that episode so much if you slept on that episode because you haven't seen that movie (laughs) just go listen to the episode don't watch the movie because that episode is (laughs) fucking fire there's a bright review here on (laughs) the metal i forgot about the oklahoma stuff man oh my
1: god Paige! never before have i been driving crying peeing and sharting at the same time
0: (laughs) oh my god you should
2: get that checked out
1: yeah i almost hit several children while listening to this episode mikey's into that Page and Mikey, I love you. What, hey? Todd, Ta- <laughs> Ta- 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 I would say keep up the good work, but you gave my son cancer, what? so I can't good <laughs> oh! Are you serious? <laughs> wow, <laughs> so,
3: wow. So I always can't a
0: good risk. Co- <laughs> we just sur- Surgeon General's warning on the podcast. This is a super, super long shot. But if the Surgeon General of the United States is happening to be listening, would you mind m- putting a warning on this podcast? <laughs> Let's get one of the old ones, like Janet Reno. Janet Reno was not the Surgeon General. <laughs>
1: she was the Attorney General, you idiot. Look, I don't know the military. Oh, oh
0: my God. God. Oh, my God. Todd. Michael, Michael,
1: Michael. <laughs> oh, man, I cracked myself up. All right, so, <laughs> so you gave my son cancer, so I can't in good conscience say anything good about you. Winky blankie. Uh Love you guys, and please send me new pants. I only have the one pair And you ruined them
0: I don't think I shit your <laughs> pants I think you're responsible For replacing your pants Well the mad hamburger, Thank you so much For that mediocre review It would have been An <laughs> awesome review If you hadn't shit All over my voice Well maybe you if you douche. hadn't
2: Given her kid fucking cancer You should yeah. think about that Before you open Your damn yapper
0: You know what That's my fault That's That's on me That's on me uh, the Mad Hamburglar, thank you so much for that awesome review. I've upgraded it based upon Paige's v- vigorous talking to that I just got. Yeah, you
2: out here giving people glib <laughs> Hell
0: yeah, Paige. Hell yeah, that is now canon. It is glib phoma. Nod, Todd's kids, glib Todd Hodgkin's lymphoma I said non-Todgkin's <laughs> lymphoma oh. Hell yeah Paige that's amazing oh my so God. if you want to have Mikey read your review leave us a five star review so guys if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies check out Romancing the Pod where Mikey Paige and I break down and make fun of romantic movies it's a lot of fun guys check it out if you want to follow us on social. Social, please do. We are at HorrorVirgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Page is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at randolph 24 and I am at ToddJAwesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to Patreon.com slash HorrorVirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where... They're a little bit longer And you get them actually a day earlier Mm -hmm. Than the regular Mm -hmm. feed drop We do a lot of great things Like listener requests And stuff like that So guys check out the Patreon And help support the show If you can't financially support the show That's understandable That's fine But if you want to hang out with us On the daily Join the Facebook group uh, At facebook.com Slash group Slash horror version We also link it like once a week So just find it there And join the awesome Facebook group And literally we're in there Talking every day It's awesome And if you want to check out Our Twitch stream We're at twitch.tv Slash Todd Awesome well, we will be playing horror video games. So, if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you, not a lot of fun for me. This episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh yeah,
2: he's full of bees. <laughs> oh, the bees. Oh God, the bees. I still think we should do that
0: month, Paige. The
2: Oh no, the bees month. We're down to B movies already because we've already done Candyman and Candyman, so we'd have to do all the other Candyman sequels and The
0: Wicker Man. Maybe we could just have Nick B suggest one. That could be our B movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> B- movie. This episode also brought to you by tia and tia has a teenager that drives her crazy so mikey how is tia's teenager driving her crazy this week yeah she bullied
1: this girl and made her go to the bathroom and cry and then while the other girl was in there four of the girls got murdered
0: <laughs> oh wow well i'm very sorry that you had to deal with that principal conference i'm sure And then the therapy that your daughter's going to need. This episode also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business. And Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. So if you have any needs for some spider, scorpion, centipede, millipede, or cinnabon, reach out to Brandon at Bug Cage Company on Facebook, and they will ship you some bugs. Uh, This episode's also brought to you by Jonathan... And I don't know if you remember this, oh, yeah, but Jonathan, yeah, he sent me a bunch of spider pictures Okay, for me okay. to share with you, which I am going to do. Well, thank God this is a visual medium. Oh, I've seen those. That's a Black Widow. That is a Black Widow, yes. And honestly, it's pretty cute. I mean, I wouldn't want it around me, but it's not like menacing or anything. I'm going to be honest with you guys. This is the mildest of the pictures he sent. So you have much worse photos in store for next week's. Oh, no. Yeah. This episode also brought to you by the letter Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down an episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix Marvel TV show. And they've actually moved on to Agent Carter because they've gotten through all of the Jessica Jones shows. So check out Kissing Jessica Jones on your favorite podcast player. This episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. Possums. Possums. Aren't afraid of bees. What? They They laugh in the face of danger. Yes. (laughs) I honestly don't know if that's true or not, but it's your possum fun fact this week. Fun facts may or may not be actually true. We now return you to another episode of uh, The The Patreonicles.
1: Two years later.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: The quest to turn Damosaurus into a real man, a human man instead of an alien dinosaur, continues. Okay.
0: It's like (laughs) if Pinocchio was a T Rex, but okay. I'm a real good
1: boy. <laughs> Actually, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. What you guys missed in my own mind was <laughs> Kate froze all the bad guys, and the good guys have been trying to live their lives. Karun and Dinosaurs, they got married. They got married. <laughs> I'm sorry. The way you trailed off laughing at that makes me laugh. And in the middle claw of his left arm, <laughs> Domasaurus has a wedding ring. Oh, I love it.
0: That's so adorable. Honestly, that's amazing.
1: And Karuna is also very happy. They are just very happy people. Uh, and anyway, Domosaurus laid an egg. <laughs> and everybody's showing up to their baby sh- egg shower. Baby
0: egg, egg, shower. egg shower.
1: So Dave showed up and he brought a plate of pedophores because those are his favorite baby shower dessert. So Pedophores?
2: Pedophores. Yeah, tiny, tiny cakes.
1: Yeah, you simpleton.
2: Wow, I am a simpleton. I'm so sorry. I didn't know what pedophores were. They're delicious. I don't get invited to baby showers. They're not usually at
3: baby showers, but they are delicious. He's got to
1: stay at least 100 yards away. (laughs) That picture incident at Dragon Park. That's a throwback.
0: Oh, that is an actual story. Oh, man. I've forgotten about that. I hate you so much. Kate shows up,
1: and she's floating a bunch of diapers with her mind powers (laughs) into the room, and everybody's like, oh, eat. And, uh... Shashi and Eddie have two kids now. Because it's two years later. That makes sense. They're just popping them out. They had twins. And twins. <laughs> they had twins. And Eddie has a bunch of, I don't know, Paige, name an animal that's a mammal.
2: Uh, Koala. Nope, that's a marsupial. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. Whales. <laughs> can we do land at least? Uh, s- Sloths.
1: Ooh, I like sloths. Wait, are those <laughs> mammals or are-, are those also marsupials? What the fuck? He can talk to all animals now. Fuck it. His powers have evolved. Uh, okay. <laughs> and so sloth... He's carrying some sloths with his children. The sloths are actually carrying the children. (laughs) They're
0: the slowest babysitters ever.
2: (laughs) By the time you change one diaper, they've shit another one. Him and Sasha are holding hands,
1: and she's like, I hope our children turn out really nice. It's nice that we're not evil anymore, and we're raising children in this new recreated universe. And everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) And then Amy... Uh, She is teleconferenced in because she is actually the head of the Earth Space Program, which is its own one agency, big program going on. The Earth
0: Space League.
1: Yes, that's a good, better name. The ESL. We'll go with that. The ESL. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wes, the ghost in the future, shows up, and he's like, no one's listening to me. No one's eating my warnings. Everything bad is going to happen, and you guys aren't listening. And they're like, oh, Wes.
0: And... (laughs) Oh, Wes, thank you for your contractually obligated line of dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) He'll get get there.
1: Cut to the Antarctica, where the Antarctica page. (laughs) Yeah. The one and only Antarctica. It's like the Ohio State University. (laughs) (laughs) Where you see a single hand rise out of the ice, and it's Isaac clawing his way out and helping everyone else out. Most evil Matthew awakens, and he's like, we... We'll destroy the world now because those fuckers froze us all in the ground. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did that happen last episode? No, it happened at the beginning of this
1: episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. They get out of the ground. All the bad people, Daniel, the moon queen, uh, with their, they're actually not bad. They're back on the moon because they removed the control collar. So Daniel and Aaron are... On the moon, but they saw they've been monitoring an article, so their
0: their UFO comes to warn the good guys. Well, I'd imagine they're still a part of the ESL, the Earth Space League, because they're the space part of the ESL. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense to me. The problem is when their people keep trying to come to Earth. Is English their second language? <laughs> that and they're illegal aliens. Literally aliens, yeah. Yes.
1: That joke doesn't pay off, but whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Mikey joke
1: yeah Dreskel uh from the Illuminati he gets out too and then Scott who's the thing he's actually in Antarctica just he just guards their prison uh and is super pissed when they wake up but Kaylee shoots him in the <laughs> eyes what with a super soaker gun filled with water with bleach in it and his eyes hurt really bad and they just walk off
0: that sounds really annoying for him <laughs> and that's it this week <laughs> Mikey I love when I can tell like you put a lot of thought And intentionality (laughs) into an episode And I just want to say I really appreciate it when you do that Can you like name an example Mikey I can't But (laughs) maybe I can next week when we continue The saga of The Patreonicals
2: right, close it down Paige That's going to be it for us you guys I'm Paige
1: I'm
0: Mikey
2: and I'm your horror virgin
0: Todd Keep it ooky spooky
1: Yeah. Have a great week
0: Bye Tony Todd nerds.